reflux fast with the Gaviscon Dual Action Range from Chemist Warehouse, now starting from $5.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning everyone, it's Monday the 28th of November and oh, 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 it's my privilege, it's my honour to welcome in the one and only Stephen the Beaver Dotto Beaver, what are you doing up so early? Oh, I'm working Izzy, <laughs> I don't know if you realise I'm working with you today, I hate to shock you um, oh. You know what I've already worked out, Izzy? Is What's that, mate? When me and you are together, uh, I've already worked <laughs> it out. You've just done three different voices. Um, <laughs> we've talked about this in the past when we've done TV together. We can't put on these oh. fake voices. You've done it already. This is going to be a long three oh. hours. It's going to be a long <laughs> three hours, beef. What is it? What is our? What is our little, our little Bunnings kind of placemakers little setup that we do, mate? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> you go, beef. Yeah, I think we try to sound more like builders whenever we're in the trading uh, shop. So it's. Uh, it's it's a little bit awkward now, and for the thought of actually watching it on TV is, but uh, no, it's yeah. great. Great to be here. Is we're on a. Um, I'm an early riser, but I tell you what, when that uh, when that four thirty alarm hits you, <laughs> still nothing prepares you for it. <laughs> you are, mate. You're an early riser. I remember talking to you about morning breakfast, and and I said, mate. You'd absolutely love it. You go, mate, I'm up at like, what, quarter to five? Yeah, you got yeah. you know, three kids running an absolute clinic at home, just you know, coming to tap daddy on the face, mate. So, <laughs> breakfast radio, you're made for breakfast radio. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hey, day one's always good. Day two's a challenge, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for tomorrow. Um, but, you yeah, know, the. Uh, as I say, I'm always up around that five-ish mark, but um, there's something about when your alarm has to get you up. Just that half an hour earlier, it just uh, yeah. just rocks you a little bit. Yeah, it does, mate. That alarm. You got oh, one thing I'll tell you, Beef. You probably already done this. You just try and rotate the alarm sound. Try and rotate it because <laughs> <laughs> that one sound, that one alarm that keeps going. Oh, look, I haven't even listened to my own advice. I'm about to go change it because. It is a horrible sound. A horrible sound when it goes off. And the wife hates your guts. Absolutely hates your guts. She just gives you a kick in the elbow and and he rips into you. But it's um it's always a it's always a challenge. It's just a, so a bit of internal mind games, you reckon? I've got this uh I've got this golf watch that has got a little vibrate on it. So I've been running that for an alarm option. And uh, Golf? 
Yeah, well, it's a golf watch. Uh, my, my Garmin S, my S62 approach. No sponsorship involved there, but I'm just a big <laughs> fan of it. Um, obviously. You know how to play. Uh, anything from that 140 mark, 8 iron, thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it, it, just a little vibrator on the wrist seems to be the alarm of choice at the moment. Makes the missus a lot happier that she doesn't have to hear that oh. screaming alarm. So that's, that's a good idea, that. Mm. I can't play golf for the watch though, Beef. Can you hit the ball with that with something wrapped wrap around your wrist? Like it's it's very challenging, I must say. Like, I don't understand how people play golf with watches. Well, I don't usually wear a watch, but I just play golf with a watch. Yeah, I got got the golf watch. I can't use I can't use those rangefinders. That's why I had to get a watch. What? Well, you can't look through the hole and, no, and I can't see, the, no. see the flag? Well, I don't know if I've got an alcohol issue or something, but I've always hit the shakes when I'm using those things. <laughs> oh, Steve, Steve, Steve. I've got, I've got a range finder, and it's, um, I thought it would be a fancy one. It's like, probably like your Garmin, you know, it's got the, the course on your watch and yes. whatever watch you got, and it's got distance. So I've got a range finder that's got all the hazards. It's got all the carries. Oh, it's got e- all, every club. And New Zealand's got the whole layout on the, on this little range finder. The worst thing about it is it's you got to charge it every single time. So I've been and played games, and I've got my range out, and it's dead. And so you've just got to use the eye. And when you're a little bit indecisive yes. with shots, yes. selections, and you underhit it, you just you decelerate. They say <laughs> the worst thing you can do in golf: decelerate before the ball. I do that plenty of times, so I mean the, the question, I might have to get me a watch. I was going to say, the question on every listener's lips is, uh, did it run out of battery uh, a month or so ago on the Charles Tour? Oh, Beef. Too soon? Beef, dude. Well, it's funny you say that, because everywhere I go, everywhere I go, someone seems to, to bring it up. So on Saturday, I was at the pub with the with the family and the and the kids. There's a playground there, so yeah. I'm all about timing and and having a place that can suit all needs. Mum and Dad sit on the table having a pint, and the kids are in the playground, so Perfect. it's good. Um, but I was walking through to pay for, it and he goes, "How's how's your golf?" <laughs> <laughs> this old pundit, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Oh, just how's your golf?" And I said. Mate, you're about the hundredth person that's done this and bought it. Are you alluding to the Charles Tour 47 over? Did you? And he's like, he's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just said, look, mate, that was a tough day, and I went into it with the wrong mindset. I uh, thought I was Lydia Co. Stephen Elka, but I just had to be Israel Dag, and it didn't work. And uh, the rest is history, babe. But uh, just don't bring it up again, well, mate. Um, I, I feel it's a bit rude, you know. I, I mean, I was always going to bring it up, but um, no, I, you didn't, because that was your main content for the whole week. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just find it rude that people attack you about that. And you don't have to quickly remind them. Look, I'm also Israel Dag. 50-plus all-black veteran, <laughs> World Cup champion, multiple super titles. Do um, you know, please. <laughs> and there's obviously, I've got other sporting abilities too, but don't I, don't do even, I don't even need <laughs> to go into uh, at 6.20 on a Monday because I've still got a couple of days of you, so I'll bring that up at some point. But uh, <sighs> it's rough, isn't it? But uh, no, I actually talked to a few people who actually bump into the talk about the Charles Tour debut, but uh, all of us, as you know, but, uh, you know you've got to hit rock bottom before you get to the top, so it's just a matter of time. You'll bounce uh, back. 
You I'll bounce back, Beef. Yeah, I'll will. bounce back, mate. Hey, quickly, just what are you what are you up to? You off over to play some sevens, are you? Yeah, well, it's been a long time coming, but I will debut at the Dubai Beef. Sevens. Um, yes, the social side is it? Just just before, okay. Just clear that up with the. Uh, with the breakfast listeners, uh, there's a social tournament that runs the same time as the Dubai Sevens, which are on this weekend, and I've got a mate over there living, and him and his cronies have decided that they need some much-needed uh, injection of pace and power, is he? Um, so so uh, I don't know who they've got for that, but I'm flying over. Um, <laughs> it's going to be... I've never been to Dubai, actually, is, so I'm looking forward to it. Have you? No. Oh, I've, I've, I've transited abs- it. That's yeah, a, yeah. You'll love it. You'll love it. I was lucky. Well, it was 2008 when I had a crack out with the NZ Sevens. We went over there, and it was at the the earliest days. That was before the Palm Island was even finished, and it was just being constructed and being done up, um, being built. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was it was a crazy city, crazy yeah. place, man. Um, money, money is everywhere. We went into the school visit to the school and. Um, like we just turned up. It was this random school, anyway? All the kids. It was car day. Bring your car to to school. Well, all these little young, like twelve year olds, were bringing McLarens, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and they all parked their cars there. And I'm like, "How old are you? Twelve? I was like, "Oh, okay, Daddy, Daddy, good. How's Dad?" <laughs> it was just like, mate, the money there. Yes. The money there is mind blown. You're going to have an absolute dizzy. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, You'll look. enjoy it. I don't know about the heat. What's the heat there at the moment? Uh, they reckon a real, a re- we'll be playing all our games <laughs> at early morning. Uh, eight or nine o'clock, real pleasant mid-twenties. Um, so, yeah, just just what oh, I nice. need um, coming from probably, I wouldn't stay the start of summer here, which is, it's it's wild weather at the moment. So That's horrible. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be conditioned for my sevens debut, but we'll see how we go. Don't lie, Beef. Don't lie. I've seen you, mate. You, you're still jogging on those pavements and doing more than many of us that have retired and gone in the opposite. You're holding it down for the backs. One thing I've said to uh, our listeners out there, I said, look, it's funny. It's funny when the Fords retire, they go in the opposite direction. Yes. You know, look at White Crockett. He's tiny. Yep. You know, Olo Brown, he's up in Auckland. I've seen yes. him before. He's small as. There's others out there. Ben May, well, he's always been ripped yep. as anything, but you know the, the props they go the they go the right the the opposite way and then the backs. I'm only speaking for myself. No, no, <laughs> go no. In the opposite direction. Well, it's because we we continue to eat and do everything that we did mm. uh, when we we're playing, and we we were blessed with metabolisms yep. at the time that allowed that to happen. Um, they slow yeah. down. They slow down when you hit thirty years, and mind uh, mm. you, my word, they keep slowing down. And the uh, yeah. <laughs> the a lot of those boys you talk about, a lot of them to be Fords had to almost. Construct their eating, I think, and had to eat more than they would really actually want to, so they can probably go back to a normal diet and they, they drift back into normal life. I'd say. Uh, mate. That's my theory. Look, I'll, I've got hope, Beef. I've got hope, and I'm going to go to the gym straight after this. Beef nine thirty. I'm going to hit the the hit squad with Beto there and well, rip into the weekend because I. Yep, we we had quite a few feeds over the weekend, uh, me and the family, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we let it all go, but that's okay, I had a quiet weekend, first one in a long time, anyway, B, we've got a big show uh, today, we're going to talk some football after 7 o'clock, this tournament is about as unpredictable as Qatar hosting the World Cup itself, <laughs> the Athletics, Adam Leventhal will join the, the show after 7, there's been plenty of upsets in, uh, look, my... Uh, 
Sweepstake pick got rolled this morning. Morocco beat mm. Belgium 2-0. Morocco's third ever win at a World Cup. First since 1998, and they pumped Belgium 2-0. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe what I was seeing, witnessed. Anyway, we're going to talk some football, and then after that, we're going to talk some cricket. It was washed out last night at, in Hamilton. It's set in Park, Beave Hamilton. Yucky weather. Ooh. What down a, here. What a shame. What a shame that is. One, yeah. of, one of the great cricket venues of the world. Didn't get to see it. <laughs> Mate, it's, uh, it's been a... That was the third washout this summer. So, uh, it's, man, it's not even summer. I don't even know what to call this weather at the moment. But anyway, they're heading down here to Christchurch Autotai on Wednesday. And uh, they're going to have their third and final ODI and the weather today is blue skies, so hopefully it can hold out till Wednesday, Thursday, so we can get that third ODI match. Anyway, Mitch McLennigan will join the show at 7.40 to talk some cricket. And then after 8, we're going to go wake up Damien D-Mac McKenzie, and we're just going to chew the fat with him, see how it is, see how his body's rolled up. And, well, we're going to talk to him about the big birthday celebrations. Over the weekend. Hey, Beef. Happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. Laughing, laughing straight to the bank, was it? <laughs> well, ironically, yes, the bank was the venue of choice for the Grin's birthday party. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that saying something? No, no, no. no. That, and for all you people unawares of the greatest spot in Hamilton, it's actually a, uh, a bar, restaurant, nightclub, uh, the bank. That Izzy and all his Crusaders friends know oh too well <laughs> it's a good spot it's a good spot and then to round out the show baby and i no doubt we're going to be talking about this throughout the morning is england was smashed yes. by south africa at home and it's fair to say that many are fed up with eddie jones <laughs> <laughs> will greenwood will join the show at 8 40 um, to, to talk about that. Will Greenwood played centre for England plenty of times and no doubt we have plenty to say. It's an uh, interesting time over in the UK yes. with two of the powerhouses over there, Beef, with um, Wales yep. <laughs> just really butchering that lead over Australia and then England. Tough times. I mean, on the back of losing to Georgia, which the Welsh, <laughs> the Welsh you could say it was a blip. Yeah, if, mate. You know, they have those random results. I don't know if they put out a second string team or what, but then I watched that Aussie game. Jeepers, they, uh, that was an embarrassing fall, I'd have thought. Yeah, mate. Was it 24 points? Yep. 27 points in 24 minutes or something I heard. It was just crazy. And Wayne Pivak, after losing to Georgia, yep. and now there's been a lot of names. It always happens. A lot of names yes. get thrown around. Who's coming in? You guys saw reading Brad Moore, Scott Robinson. But then I heard... Um, Warren Gats? That, that one was the one. <laughs> what do you reckon? It. Well, nah, can't be. Well, not unless, <laughs> not unless they've just sold Cardiff Bay to him. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't believe he'd go back, but who knows? He's not mm. really... He's not really doing a whole lot. Like, obviously, he's got that sort of director of whatever role that is at the yeah. Chiefs, but Clayton's the boss there now, so maybe... Maybe he's like, well, why not? There's nothing to lose here. They're in an absolute revel at the moment. Um, one yeah. year one year, and you get to go to another World Cup, and I guess World Cups would be exciting for a coach. So maybe there is some fire where that smoke is uh, coming from us. 
Yeah, it's alarm bells. It's alarm bells here for Wales at the moment. Only short time out for the World Cup. You've got three teams that were under so much. Four teams, really, yes. under a hell of a lot of pressure playing over the weekend. And you've got Australia coming on top, so Dave Rennie will be just breathing a sigh of relief <laughs> over summer. Well, he's had it tough, though. 51 oh, yeah. players he's had to go through on his roster. Injuries and everything. I found myself, tough on wins. Oh, tough on wins. But I found myself watching that last 10. I've obviously got no time for Australian sports teams. Um, but <laughs> I was sitting there, and every time they flashed the wins, I was like, come on, Aussie, do it for wins. And that last yeah. five minutes, is you could just see, you just mentioned it, how two teams who both under so much pressure, none of them wanted to really know how to win. Like, Aussie were chasing mm. the game, and you have three minutes to go. They were still happy to enter a game of ping pong because it was almost like, oh, I'm too jittery here. Where I mean, a young Izzy would have got the ball for maybe out and said, we're winning this, but uh, with a bit of razzle feet. But these two teams were back there playing ping pong with three minutes to go. And I was thinking, Aussie, you're going to have to charge your arm at mm. some point. But uh, yeah. it unfolded. Uh, well, one of the great comebacks for Wallabies. And who knows, it might set them up. They've lost a lot of games tight, and they learnt mm. to win a, learnt to win one. Yeah, mate. Nah, it's interesting, eh? It's interesting to see what's going to happen over the summer. Um, obviously, autumn over there and in the UK, we'll uh, get a bit of an inkling what's happening. Maybe Scotty Razor Ray. Well, he's been oh. touted for two jobs now. <laughs> he's going to be busy. They'll be throwing the kitchen sink at Ray. Is this the pound a, will be strong at the moment, wouldn't it? It'll be very strong. This could be a case, is he? Is this going to be? Is this going to be mine and yours, Baz McCullum's moment? Are we going to be helicoptered into one of his teams? Do they need us? <laughs> is that what you're thinking? I mean, I don't want to do a TCNZ after what Baz, you know, obviously he had to go work, oh, for, work for the English team. Are we up for it? I don't know. Well, mate, just shows. <laughs> mate, go, over <laughs> <and> unsh- <laughs> go over and unshackle and open up that checkbook, mate. We'll wow. be flying over privately, I tell you what. We ain't turning right if we're going over there. <laughs> well, and we're just going to take the Baz motto. We're just going to let them have fun. We're going to make them enjoy yeah. the footy again. Um, so oh, maybe, maybe they want us. I don't know. Simple, but effective. <laughs> anyway, double eight, double three on the tip of bedpost text machine throughout the morning. Uh, there's been a message for you there already, Beef. We'll get back to that after a wee break. But it's time for our can't wait question of the day. And this is a good one. This is a good one. Plenty happening in the sport for New Zealanders around the world and here. So our can't wait question of the day. If the Halberg Awards were held today, who would win the Supreme Award? Who would win the Supreme Award? There is a, a list that I've collated here of some names, and no doubt I've missed many because there has been many champions this year. So let us know, double eight, double three. If the Halberg Awards were held today, who would win the Supreme Prize? You're listening to Izzy and Beaver because Kempi's away for the next couple of days for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Forgot to turn his camera off, and you didn't even say anything, Beep. Oh, look, you know, I just, I'm just i the new guy here. I can't come at the skipper so early in the first half hour, but now that I've got you back, I'm almost wanting that black screen back. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, it's great. I can get a real-life cutout, Izzy, and I can get the real thing too. So it's um, – uh, i tell you what, it gets light early in the mornings down in Christchurch, doesn't it? Maybe it's, of, maybe, it's I'm, maybe it's because I'm in a black office at the moment and no one's here. That's why I feel like it's still dark in Auckland as well. But, uh, yeah, oh. wonderful day down there in Auckland. You might get some cricket there in the next couple of days. Paradise, babe. Yeah. Paradise down here. You know that. You you know that when you've come in here and you've, you've smelt that air and you've been like... 
Is it, is it a lot? <gasps> That's why. That is why they are what they are. Isn't it? Is that what you say? I don't like throwing up at six thirty on a Monday morning, but I was just about to. Um, oh. I mean, I, I do they, love. I do love getting down there. Is I really do. Uh, we love having you here, baby. Anyway, can't wait. Question of the day, brother. Yes. Uh, if the Halberg Awards were held today, yep. who would win the Supreme Award for you, mate? First couple of names that rattle off and give us the winner. Well, it's, it's always the case, like you said, sometimes you're going to forget people, but the one that just jumps in to me straight away, Lydia Ko. Straight yep. away. First one I think of. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. Followed closely by our man Steve Alka and Ryan Fox, probably, but um, <laughs> straight away Lydia Ko jumps, jumps off the sheet to me. Yeah, that is that is yeah. I think that'll be one of the first names at, at the moment. But I, I get a sense, I get a sense. I was talking to some pun. I can't remember who it was anyway the other day, just saying uh, if you uh, if you really look at what Lydia's been able to achieve, and I'm going to talk about her at seven twenty-ish and, and rattle off some things that uh, she's been able to achieve this year. Yep. Um, and, and the kind of like consistency, consistent way that she has performed over the last couple, uh, a year or so. She has been fantastic. So Lydia Ko will definitely be in the reckoning. You've you've touched on another one, Stephen Alka. What a what a story that is. Someone that missed twenty one cuts straight to go on and win a seven million. He won that year. Yeah. Seven million US on the seniors tour. Like you going from barely surviving now to ah, having everything at your feet and being able to do whatever you want. And with the family support, mate. Awesome, awesome. Black ferns, please. Yes. Yep. Black ferns. What do you reckon? That obviously they'll be team. They'll be team. They'll team. Walk through, and then in the final. But then they're just going up for me. They're obviously going against Lydia, and, and where do you compare like the competition to what Lydia's up against? It's that's all that will come into consideration. But I guess on the back of the feel good fact of it was the black ferns, and it was in our backyard. They will again. Yeah. They will be very hard to beat. Um, so it's just, I mean, you're always comparing apples with bananas here. It's never apples and apples, yeah. is it, uh, Izzy? Oh, that's just a new analogy I just made up on the spot, by the way. I hope you liked it. Um, because how do you compare two different sports? But yeah, it's the beauty of the Halbergs, and it's, uh, it fills in many an hour talking about, doesn't it? Uh, it's a hard one. It's a hard one, BV. I, I actually get a sense that uh, black, black fans will probably win it. But yeah. like you said, like when you you can't really how do you compare it? Like Lydia's yes. been doing it consistently for a whole year, different conditions, different time zones. You know, when you put all those factors together, and she's millions been able to win three times. Millions of competitors. You know, like the travel that's involved, three yeah. wins, fourteen top tens, and a ton of top fives, and just leading the stats everywhere. So it just consistently. She'll be my winner. She'll yep. definitely be my winner, Lydia Ko. There has to be another name too, Shane Van Gisbergen. Oh yes, I think he's um he's had a good year with the motorsport. Yes. So Shane, um, but there's a couple more. Let us know. Let us know. Tim's coming through. Black Ferns or Lydia? Yeah, we were on the same page. To me, double eight, double three. The Halberg Awards were named today. The supreme winner. Who would it be? There's a couple of names here. Rattled off. Lydia Ko, Stephen Alka, Black Ferns, Shane Van Gisbergen. And no doubt there'll be plenty more. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to shoot off and uh, we'll come back and we'll get some headlines with Joe. Joey boy coming through with the headlines. Ooh, this will be funny, Beef. This will be funny. Joe will be on one this morning. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
Hey boys, no music today. Was coming out clean. I've I've broken the computer. Sorry, Izzy. Uh, <laughs> this what's happened. Usually people don't know this, but actually Kimpy is the tech knowledge, uh, the tech guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's how he got his job here, actually. So what's happened? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's way above my pay grade. It's it's actually right on Kimby's pay grade. That's how Kimby's made all okay. this money. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's moonlighting. He's moonlighting. No, no. He, he sold us all this uh, tech, and it's faulty. So what he does is that, so we have to keep him paying him to fix it. It's it's ingenious. Good on him. Uh, but time for oh. our, yeah, he's a very clever man. <laughs> time for our Bunnings Trade uh, sports update at Bunnings Trade Helping Business is our trade. As you've always touched on. Some upsets already this morning in the FIFA World Cup. Japan going down 1 0 to Costa Rica. Pretty boring game, apparently. Um, nothing happened at all in the first half. There was no shots on goal. Wasn't really towards the end that any action happened, and um, Japan were pushing pretty hard, but Costa Rica got a goal against a run of play. So, very interesting to see how things go in that group because Japan, uh, Spain is playing Germany, Germany later on today. Um, and Spain looked very impressive against Costa Rica, scoring, winning 7-0, and Germany lost to Japan. So you've got to think that Spain is uh, considered favourites at the moment with the World Cup. And then Morocco won 2-0 against Belgium. What? Is he? Yeah, that's not good, eh? And actually, Kempi's, oh my God, Wales lost as well. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. Oh, man, I felt so bad. Oh, no, I didn't actually. I felt pretty good. No, you didn't. I felt pretty good. God, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to take Kimpy's $10. It'll be the best $10 I've ever taken. Um, <laughs> no one's going to give me my $10, Kim, uh, Izzy, because it's... Why, have you already won? Well, it's just Brazil looked great. Oh, Brazil looks great. my Lord, I hope Brazil lose now. <laughs> <laughs> But you've, you've you've got to check your emails from now on, eh? Yeah, I know. I mean, I was I was just saying when I came in there before, I was quite salty that uh, there's about thirty names up on this whiteboard here that all got a uh, all got a team in the World Cup and the SNZ sweepstake, and uh, some of these people I don't think even work for the company or have even stepped foot in this place, <laughs> but um, they got a team and I haven't. Uh, but I think they work for Kempi. Oh, do you not even have a team? You don't have a team. Uh, the, the defense, <laughs> the defense from said organisation is there was an email. I mean. <laughs> You know where my emails is. It might have slipped through. Uh, don't open them all. <laughs> um, oh, my. I thought you had one. Yeah, oh, you, you snooze, you lose, eh? I, I feel, but I, it's crazy that you're not in it, Beef. I, like, you're right. There's literally 10 people on that board that I've never met before or heard of. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, as long as I got Brazil, I'd have been keen, but um, not really missing out much. You can now. have $200 if you like. <laughs> hey, do we... Um, I still haven't paid my 10 bucks, so you, you ain't getting my 10. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sammy, who organised all of this, Sam Hewitt, said that the winner has to collect it from everyone. But that's crazy because it's, it's oh, a, I know. And it's a week. Not a chance. I know. Oh, mate. And it's a week How are you going to find Christmas. those 10 people you don't even know? I, I won't. I, I guess I won't. I mean, I'll send out a very friendly email saying, hey, I, I, as we yeah. all knew, Brazil won. Um, if you don't mind giving me 10 bucks before a week before Christmas, I'd really appreciate oh, it. Oh, it's an appallingly run sweepstake. You, know, you, yeah. you always got to get money up front on these that's things. Twice, that's twice he's alluded to himself winning. Oh, it's going to backfire. <laughs> guarantee, Izzy. I've got a side bit with Louis. It's a guarantee. Uh, just quickly, some other sports headlines. Canada won the Davis Cup for the first time ever. Um, 
in Spain, mm. 109 years after they played the tournament for the first time at the expense of 28-time champions Australia. Australia have won 28 yeah. times. Who's, who's, who's Canada's begun? Um, Who have they won that on the back of? Yeah, nobody. They're all kind of all na- I'm like, no think names. Who's Canada's begun these days? Oh, the guy that I saw Australia win. Um, oh, Roots. Oh, is he Canadian? Is he Roots? Mm. Oh, no, no, not nah. Roots. Oh, no, no. He's coming to New Zealand. Um, I think I, hold on. Yeah. I'm glad you guys do your brainstorming on air too. This is yeah. just like the run home. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, everyone, sorry. It's lack of music. And, <laughs> and this is when our smart listeners will text in and say, you idiots, and you've got the world's number one tennis player playing for them or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, just to cook up that Croatia. Nah, no. I don't even know those guys. I don't even know them. Shapovalov and Olga Aliasim. Oh, just a good upset. Playing the trophy. Just a good upset. There you go. Good <laughs> upset. A good upset. And uh, to round things off, Croatia is leading currently 3 1 over Canada. That's your Bunnings Trade update. At Bunnings Trade, we're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Need to get them down here and fix the computers, Izzy, because it is <laughs> really hard without them. Oh, everyone's asleep, eh? It's Monday morning, so no one will be in there till what, about 8.30? That's the normal time people start rocking in there in the office, and we've been in there since 4.30. Well, you have, Joe, and I'll turn up at 5, but anyway, all good, well done. Well done. Cheers to those headlines, Joey Boy. Little update, and we're going to talk more football after 7 o'clock because there is plenty happening. And, well, Ken, Ken had his, he had Morocco. They're his office team. Now to find out who has Belgium, Ken. So Ken's up. Ken's up and about. I can't believe you didn't get in, Beef. Can you sit in that seat again so I can see your mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me two seconds. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, keep a couple of messages coming through, too, regarding the Halbergs. There's plenty on JMAC. JMAC um, for sure, but JMAC should be in the mix for a Halberg. JMAC's an interesting one, yes. uh, Beef. I feel like last year he had a huge season. Yep. A huge spring carnival, plenty of group ones. And he's had plenty this year, don't don't get, don't get me wrong, but I think this year was just probably a little bit less. Not quite as shiny. Six, not, as, not quite as shiny as last year. So he'll still be in the reckoning, and that is an interesting one because no jockey has ever been a part of the Halbergs or ever been cl- close to, to winning a, a Supreme. You've got Chris Waller. You know, Kiwi doing yep. big things in the training world. Is he going to be a part of the conversations? It makes for, for an interesting case. But J-Mick's a fair shout as well. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and you think over years, the history, that, like to think, I guess, back in the back in the day-day, I mean, Lance O'Sullivan, if he was never even included in, in any yeah. of that with some of his big years. Um, for me, J-Mick, if, and while <laughs> they, for them both to be considered, um, just need to step up a little bit with Pango. Um, if I can get a little bit more out of him, uh, they'll certainly they'll certainly get my vote. But uh, they're close. They are close. Absolutely, couple of, couple of good operators. Beef. Yes. Beef. Just just so you obviously spoke about um, you know Pungles was was ridden by um, what's his name? Oh, I've got his name. Anyway. A, a classy jockey, yes, and you've wrote, written him off. And he's won a Melbourne Cup. He's won everything. And you've just said you, you, you need a new jockey. And I said, mate, he's, it wasn't the jockey's fault. You know, was, what are you going to say about J Mac? Because he rode Pungle last. Start, I know. So. I know. Well, he, need a new jockey. Look, he rode him on. I think it was Derby Day. Um, yeah. And I was on him. He was the favourite. Um, mm. And for a 
for a wee blipping time there at the start of a straight I thought we were on the back well, for, the most race. for most of the race and then he just started to kick a little at the top of the straight there in Flemington I thought oh here we go here we go <laughs> and then I just was a bit disappointed if J-Mac took him from there so um, that's all that's all this. he went too early you reckon <laughs> oh, he went too early I don't, I don't know if he if he's like his owners he's probably got uh, he's got a good sprint in him but yeah maybe not the stamina athlete so maybe <laughs> maybe need to hold him back a little bit longer don't start. Don't start. Speaking of holding back, I'm going to hold you back because we've got Quizzy Dad coming up, and you're the clue master, okay? Yes. I don't know if you know, but they get one clue each. If they if they are stuck, they can ask you for a phone a friend oh. and find the quiz master, clue master, and that's you, Beef. So we're going to go away. We're going to come back. Oh, 800 Take on the quiz master, the is master. Give you a chance to win a $50 bonus bet with TAB back soon. Yeah, this is how we do it on Monday morning. Got the beaver and Daggy giving you the quiz to get you paid. Let's go. Let's rip into it. Hey, you've got the quiz master here and you got Beaver. He's going to help you out if you get a little bit stuck. Let's rip straight into it. Simon from Auckland. Morning, Simon. How you doing, Si? Yeah, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, good, thank you, buddy. Good, thank you. Good luck today. You got Beaver if you need a little bit of help. Here we go. <laughs> Kylian Mbappe is in serious contention for the Golden Boot Award after the French team's win over Denmark. How many goals has he scored at Qatar World Cup so far? Ooh, um, Two. Might need a clue. It's not. It's not four. It's not four. We'll go three. I was trying to give a clue, but it wasn't ridiculous. But it really is. Hey, hey, hey! Don't worry. It's just (laughs) there was one. Rodney Soiallo. Eight. <laughs> Someone got the clue. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. It's good. It's good. Okay. Well done. That was correct, Simon. Here we go. Question number two. The Breakers have provided the biggest winning margin of the 2022 season after smashing the Brisbane Bullets last night. How many points did they win by? Oof. 37, I think it was. 37 is correct. <laughs> well done, 116 to 79, mate. You're on fire. Here we go. Question number three. What team did Damian McKenzie play for in his time in Japan? Oh, um, D-Mac. Um, three, two, one. It was um, Tokyo Sunglades. Did you Google it? <laughs> did you Google that? No, I've heard that one before. I was just trying to remember. I couldn't remember the last one. I knew it was Tokyo. Are <laughs> uh, you going to give that one, Beef? Well, I think officially they are. They have had to drop the Suntory aspect, so I think they are Tokyo Sung Life now. I was going to give you clues like uh, one of the 17 clubs I played for in Japan. Um, okay. 
<laughs> or heroically led them to a title, one of those. But, um, you know, I'll take it. Liz. I'll take it. All right. Okay, Beef. Here we go. Question number four. Tom Latham and Kane Williamson led the Black Caps to a comfortable seven-wicket victory over India, setting a new record at the ground for most runs of a partnership. How many runs did they score between them? Five, four, three, um, two, was it one. Forty. Bang. 240. No. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, brother. Take care. Thanks for your call. Oh, here he is. Lemmy. Morning, Lemmy. <laughs> oh, morning, Stephen. How are you? Oh, sorry, Izzy. Left you out. <laughs> hey, Lemmy. Great to have you. I, I didn't realise you listen oh, to Izzy usually, too. Obviously, you've taken a while to come to drive to survive, but you're a regular of uh, this, this Izzy quiz, are you? Oh, yeah, mate. I hear me. Yeah. <laughs> hey? oh. he's, a, he's, a, he's a regular. He's a he's a cheeky bugger. He's a cheeky fella. I've only He'll just got love him. I've only just got him. I feel like he's been oh, cheating he's on me for all these years. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought I was listening to Kirsty Stephen, but it's busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I understand you, you know, from Barmy. You wouldn't have been able to hear me if it was cursed. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone's oh. come through. <laughs> oh, I've just oh, seen man. that. Oh, I'm going to take a picture of that. Someone's just yeah. text through. It. <laughs> Someone's Did just text through. Uh, Beef will enjoy right, being allowed to finish a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kirst. Oh. Lovely Kirst. Oh. Tom Latham. Tom Latham, Kane Williamson, led the Black Caps to a comfortable seven run oh. victory. How many runs did they score between them? Lemmy? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue, brother, but uh, just give me, oh, give me a clue, please, Stephen. Uh, Lemmy, you're a good man. Um, it's over 200 and under 230. Oh, I'll go 225. Oh! 225 is incorrect. Sorry, Lemmy. Get the hell out of here, mate. Have a good day. Anton, Auckland, morning. Morning, boys. How are we? Good. Good. How many runs did they score between them? Latham, Williamson. Two, two, nine. Oh. Two, two, nine is incorrect. Sorry, Anton. Have a good day. Mark from Tauranga. Morning, Marky. Morning, lads. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Thank you. How many runs they score between them? We're on a, we're on a clock here. Two, two, one, I think. Two, two, one is correct. Question number five. Is he going to do it for Movember? Beaver wouldn't know what that is. England and South Africa have met 45 times at rugby union since 1906. Which team holds the more wins over each other, England or the Springboks? <laughs> I can't even ask that. Can I? Nah. Uh, we'll go for that. Yeah, 50-50. South Africa is correct. Marky, you're our winner. Well done. Donate it. You know what to do. We'll be back soon. Yes, welcome back. That was Quizzy Dag. Mark, as promised, he won Quizzy Dag last week. Morena team, thanks for the Quizzy Dag win. As promised, all winnings will go towards Movember. Yeah, you know what that is, Beef? Moving a, been moving a lot in Movember. Uh, obviously, enjoyed the press-ups uh, that you guys set us. Uh, the shadow boxing, that was a treat from you. Um, Didn't see it, though. Oh, See it. oh, I think uh, that must have been a recording failure uh, from our team in the studio because oh, they saw me okay. 
Oh, you saw it. You, you jumped on and saw a bit, a bit of a session. Yeah, I saw it for five seconds. Like It was yes. 12 minutes of shadow boxing. Look, there's, mass, on top. there's massive accusations around this deck of cards. Um, no, there's and, no. And, it's all legit. And do they exist and whatsoever. So, um, look, I've loved it. And we've still got a few more days left, so fire something at me. Seeing you in the pool, <laughs> my word, it reminds me of a young Daniel Loder. <laughs> don't you start Don't you start babe. I did my challenges And we're raising money Anyway Absolutely Here's Idle Health The news for Kipponen Shop the Chemist Warehouse Cyber Monday sale today only For free shipping On orders over $1 And Kogan Mobile New Zealand's cheapest Unlimited prepay plans Visit koganmobile.co.nz This is Izzy and Kempi For breakfast On SENZ Yes, welcome back. Monday, 28th of November, it's Izzy and Beaver for breakfast on FBSENZ for today and tomorrow. Kempi, Kempi's doing the drive, isn't he? So he's with Kirsty this afternoon. Absolutely, he's with Kirst, so I wish, I wish Kempi all the best there. Uh, not an easy introduction, that will we? <laughs> hey, that's my, that's my best friend. You leave her alone. No, has, she, has she been taking... Has she been taking all the oxygen for you, babe? No, I'm just getting on the back of a few of these uh, cheeky little texts. <laughs> and uh, I, I, she, she's got a nickname amongst the run home as uh, Spider, and I'm Frog because there's a spider and a frog a story where a spider just dominates the frog. And uh, so we just run along with that. But no, she's she's outstanding. She's the reason the run home is, uh, well, is alive, really. Uh, she, she gets us through. <laughs> <laughs> she is a bloody champion. She did a stellar job at the. Um, she was doing FIFA. She was doing the Rugby World Cup. She's doing radio. She does it all. Busy. She does it all. She's very, very talented. And you did right. So I'm going to do my best to keep this breakfast show alive, all right, mate? <laughs> I'm going to do my best to keep it going. So stay true. Because let's be honest, mate. <laughs> Broadcasting school. What is that? Anyway, <laughs> we we're going to talk some football. <laughs> we skip that. We're going to talk some football shortly. And there's a few messages here. Someone, Kane, message through. Forgot to place a bet on Costa Rica yesterday. They were paying eight bucks. Eight bucks. Well, Costa Rica got an absolute hiding. The other day, seven goals against Spain, and they obviously went on and won their last game. So that would have been a hell of a bet, Beef, to get on top of that one. You've been following, um, having any, any punts lately? Any, yes. any wins? I, I got the Uruguay draw the other day. I've been, uh, I've been that sort of negative guy thinking, well, this is football draw it comes into play, doesn't it? So I've been chasing, I've been chasing draws, but uh, no, I haven't, haven't had too many big winners since then. 
All right, mate. All right, mate. Well, hopefully we can find some. You got nothing to play for anyway, mate, because you forgot to email back. So <laughs> that's another little question mark there for Beeve. Anyway, we're going to talk some football right now. The delirium of the FIFA World Cup has well and truly set in with four games to keep an eye on every day. Unless you're Kempi, you've probably been asleep for half of them, which is why the Athletic have sent Adam Leventhal to Qatar. His coverage of the tournament has been outstanding, hosting a daily panel of experts on the World Cup radar. I'm not sure how he's managed to find the time before Spain plays Germany, but Adam's with us now. Morning, mate. How you going? Yeah, I'm very well indeed. I'm I'm right in the thick of it. I'm outside the Khalifa International Stadium where Croatia have just uh, completed that comeback victory over Canada 4-1. So I've just got a sea of people around me. I've got Croatian fans. I've got uh, Canadian fans contrasting emotions right now but um yeah i'm right in the thick of it and it's uh yes yeah, it's, it's all good fun mate this this tournament i was thinking we're we're, we're heading for another wee upset canada were out to one nil lead and i was thinking can yeah. it happen but obviously it didn't mate what have you made of the tournament so far it's pretty unpredictable at the moment yeah, I mean, look. If you if you leave aside all the the, the off the field stuff and the, mm. and the and the politics and concentrate on the football, um, it has had some amazing moments already. I mean, you look back and you think about um, Argentina's first game against Saudi Arabia. They were they were leading and then they lost, and that was a, a huge shock. We saw Japan then beat Germany, um, and that's obviously put Germany right under the pump this evening ahead of the game against Spain. Um, but then today has been a day of shocks as well. So Japan in their second game, they go and lose to Costa Rica, who got absolutely pummeled by Spain 7-0 in their first game. So I don't know where the hell that one came from. And then Morocco beat Belgium, right? Well, I thought Belgium was supposed to have a golden generation. Well, it's, it's, so not, did really, I. it's not really happening for them. Yeah. Are they your team in the sweep, are they? That's my sweepstakes team. I couldn't believe what I've seen. 90, 98 was when Morocco won their last game, and they lose to them two 0 Yuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's look. It's been a it's been a crazy day. A crazy day already. And we'll just have to. You know, we're looking forward to to what's going to happen with with Spain Germany now because, I mean, Germany have sort of been let, let off the hook a little bit with um mm. with that result from from Costa Rica, but they they are really really under pressure and and they're feeling it as well. Mate, what we're, what we're talking about the the Spain Spain Germany game. Where do you see that one going? Obviously, as you've mentioned, it's uh, the permutations on this one are massive for for Germany in particular. But uh, the Spanish team looking pretty good so far. Yeah, I mean it, it's a difficult one because I was at the Spain Costa Rica game, and I can say it. You know, we're over in New Zealand. I'm sure people won't. <laughs> Won't, won't hear, hear, hear it too much, but they pretty much look like a pub team, to be honest, as far as I was concerned. Oh, don't and, be like that. But then they got. <laughs> no, to be fair, they really did. They look, they look pretty, they look pretty low end from where I was sitting. But then they regrouped. They did well, to be completely fair with them, and they pulled off a great result today. With, I mean, it was pretty much their first attack that they actually scored the goal with against Japan. But Japan would have been coming into that game full of confidence after beating Germany. So. It's, it's a really interesting tournament because it seems as if, you know, form is sort of going out of the window or there's a little bit of a warped sort of sense of, of, of maybe some teams that you wouldn't have necessarily expected to exceed themselves, but they're going for it. And um, yeah, we're getting all sorts of random results, especially, especially today. 
I hope you know that pub team actually broke a nation's hearts here in New Zealand. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. that Costa Rica yeah. is ones that kept us out of going to this World Cup, mate. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yeah, of course. No, of, all the, of all the things I could have said, in all of the regions, I thought I was, insa- I thought I was safe. I thought you no, knew that. Yeah, no. I was like, he's been cheeky here. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, look, I've had, I've had about 15 games a day for the last week. I'm losing track of my own bloody feet i don't know what where i'm where i'm going anymore so um yeah i forgot about that yeah look i mean well we've we've always known we've always known costa rica are a wonderful side and um yeah it was it was no surprise <laughs> proper about term reverse oh. merit for me I'm afraid. oh i love that i love it mate. hey just just quickly another wee little upset i don't know if it is an upset but what's your take on this situation how are the fans feeling about gareth southgate and England's draw against the US. And I was reading he's allowed the wags to come to the hotel to maybe get around the lads. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I mean, we can't go into too much detail on that, I'm afraid. But as far as the, the, the action on the field, um, it's, you know, look, they, they, were, they were disappointing against the, the States because they'd obviously been full of vim and vigour against, um, against Iran and, you know, got that really convincing victory 6-2. But they just looked a bit leggy. They just looked a little bit sort of downbeat. And the USA, I think they sensed that. They, you know, they sniffed the blood in the water and, and they went for it. And they could have been two up in that first half. But then the, the sort of the post-match analysis from, from Gareth Southgate was very much like, look, come on, you've got to just sort of take it steady in a tournament. And they, they, got, away with the, they got away with their draw. And they can now kick into the, the last game against Wales. Look, it, they need a draw and that, that should should be okay. I mean, they could, I suppose, technically, they could lose and, and still go through. But, um, you know, it's, it's not been that it's not, they've not really carried that momentum through from that first game. And that was the disappointing thing. So we, we will see, but I'm sure they'll, they'll obviously gather themselves, win 5 0, and they'll go all the way. And England will win the World Cup for the first time since 1966. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, just, that's just nailed on, isn't it? It goes without saying it. Just as, long as they don't, just as long as they don't come up against Costa Rica because, you know, they're basically, you know, they're basically like Brazil. <laughs> the, world's best, the world's best pub team, uh, Costa Rica. Uh, Wales, Wales coming up. You talked about England. That they are still in a very good position, obviously. Bit of a, bit of a blip, the draw, but will they experiment at all with the Welsh game as far as lineup goes, or is it a case of they've got to get momentum started again? Yeah, I think that, that's the big question tomorrow. Um, Gareth Southgate's got his press conference ahead of the game, um, and it's you know, do, do you rest? Do you rest Harry Kane? Did he look a little bit leggy like the rest of them, or do you try and sort of get back on track? You know, can he can he get his first goal of the tournament? Because of course he didn't score against um, against Iran. Everyone else scored, but he didn't. So, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I sort of sense that they would probably want to try and get back on track, but then there is an opportunity to rotate. And there's a few players that haven't got any game time. The likes of Foden, who's you know been tearing up mm. trees for for Manchester City, and he's been sat in, sat on the bench just watching the game with a box of popcorn. So, you know, they need to they need to sort of get him involved to really try and sort of get that confidence going, hopefully, from an English perspective, ahead of the uh, the knockout stages. Yeah, we're interesting to see how that uh, performance unfolds. Just quickly on uh, the improvement from Argentina yesterday. Make you believe that yeah. Messi and Argentina are, are legitimate contenders now? After that little blip at the start? Yeah, I th- look, I, I think so. I mean, it, it, 
they're, they've obviously been a little bit hot and cold, but they have got the quality and they've got, you know, the the greatest quality in, in world football in, in Lionel Messi. And, you know, for him to have that moment in his final World Cup, when the game was just sort of ebbing and flowing a little bit, it wasn't really sort of going their way. Mexico were being very, very stubborn, um, but they weren't going to score. They never looked like they were going to score. And it just needed that little bit of magic and... Obviously, he delivered. But then the second goal, how about that one? That was almost even better than the, the Messi goal from Fernandez. So that was almost, a, it was a nice little moment that with, you know, the, the elder statesman in Messi scoring and having a great moment and celebrating in front of the fans. But then the sort of the next generation scoring a brilliant goal as well. So, no, it was, it was great. The, 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 uh, the, the volume is ramping up around me at the moment. I don't know if you can hear it on my, uh, on my headphones. But it's... Um, yeah, the Croatian fans are coming out. So, uh, yeah, the, the party has started out here at the uh, Khalifa International Stadium. Beautiful, mate. We won't hold you too long. Just, did, Is it true that Saudi Arabian players get a Rolls-Royce each after that phenomenal win against Argentina? Oh, mate, I, to be honest, they probably already got one. <laughs> I don't really know. I, I mean, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but look, oh, I if mate. you've seen that, if you've seen it and you've read it, it must be true. But look, they're going to be rewarded yeah. for for their performances so far. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure they can they can give out a few decent bonuses after an amazing victory like that over over Argentina. But they need to get back on track, don't they? Because they lost against Poland last night. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's sort of it's really starting to sort of flow now as we obviously we're in the second second phase of games now, but everyone's sort of thinking right. We've got our eyes on those final games and the permutations and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's gathering pace. Beautiful, mate. We won't hold you any longer. Quick score prediction for Spain v Germany, and then we'll let you go, mate. Oh, it's a tough one. I <laughs> it's a big game. I think it's I think it, yeah. I mean. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna sit on the fence, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be two-two, two-two. Which isn't any. It's not great use to, to Germany, but they, that might still give them a little bit of hope for for their final game. So yeah, I'm going for a two-two draw. All right, thank you so much, Adam, Costa Rica's biggest fan. We appreciate your time this morning, mate. Thank you so much. Yeah, no for problem. Talking. What a massive! About... I put my foot right in it, didn't I? Eh? All right, okay, take care. Thank you so much, Adam, out of the uh, out of Qatar, talking football World Cup. He was at the Canadian uh, game. They went down against Croatia, and uh, mate, what? Look, obviously, the controversy aside. These football World Cups, yes. they are an event you need to be at and be a part of. Would you have you ever been close to heading along to a football World Cup? I remember we went to South Africa in 2010. It was obviously after the football World Cup that took place over in South Africa, yes. and it was booming. That's why they built that soccer city. Ninety-eight thousand people, fans at that big stadium in Soweto. Yeah, I mean it's. I guess it's one of those things is you just have to get to it at some stage in your life, doesn't it? It's. Uh, the World Cup, it doesn't matter who's playing. Obviously, the, the grounds are full to the brim. And uh, and I guess more than any other sport, football gives you the chance of going and seeing a different result than expected. Mm. You know, like if you go and watch the group stages of the World Rugby World Cup, the, you know, apart from probably two matches in that in the group play of each group, you're, uh, you know the results before you get into the ground. But with, with, the, with the nature of the sport, of soccer, there's definitely a chance that you're going to go see an upset, aren't you? So, 
And as we're seeing it, it's jeepers. They've, they're falling off the trees at the moment, these upsets. Yeah, very unpredictable, beef. Very, very unpredictable. Belgium going out against Morocco. I couldn't believe my eyes what I was seeing. But, hey, that is Football World Cup at the moment. And another big story out of the Qatar World Cup, Joey, if you've got your mic handy, Neymar. Neymar's rolled his ankle, and uh, he's he's a bit questionable. Doesn't look too serious, but that could have a huge impact on Brazil. Yeah, he's out for the next two games, the next two pool games. Mm. Who knows what's uh, going to happen after that. He didn't look too, to be honest, he didn't do too much uh, in the first game, but I think that the Brazil looks stagnant like in general, and you, you expect that. All, all the teams, every team um, at this World Cup, other than Spain, has looked real stagnant to start. You know, they've, uh, they've, always, they've all kind of shied away. None of them have been too aggressive. So it's kind of hard to, uh, to, see, the, um, to see who's the favourite, to be honest. But Neymar, as the tournament goes along, obviously you want someone like Neymar who's got experience, who can score in those big moments, you know. Because I think, honestly, there is um, there aren't a lot of strikers in this world tournament who uh, I'm afraid of. I mean, France probably have the best lineup, but in general, it's it's a World Cup full of aging stars. So I mm. really like Brazil's. Like, <laughs> honestly, objectively, I like uh, <laughs> objectively. I, I I like Brazil's attack, but they need they That's do need three. they do need Neymar. <laughs> I didn't say um, objectively. I love uh, objectively. I love their attack. They're going to win the World Cup objectively, but watch out because if Neymar's not there. I don't, I don't see them going. I don't see them winning it. Jay, what is it with Brazil? And this is me and my soccer knowledge going historically now. Yeah. Whenever there's a World Cup, their biggest name, their biggest superstar, there always seems to be a storyline. I'm thinking Ronaldo back in the day, Ronaldinho. There was always an injury plaguing them for a for a World Cup, or someone's having some off-field dramas. There's always a storyline. Their biggest name. No, you're completely right. I don't. I mean, yeah. That's the problem with being with Brazil in the last uh, few World Cups. You know, I think they've used to ha- they used to have the talent to overcome that, yep. to overcome mm. all those demons and all the hype. But they just don't have the talent anymore. And so, I mean, you saw in 2014 when they when they were at home, all that pressure and stuff, yes. and all the talk. And I remember actually, you're right because I remember Silva, the captain, had to set out the semi-finals against Germany when they got pumped seven one. So there's always something, and oh. they don't have that Ronaldinho or that Ronaldo. As good as Neymar is, he's not at that level. So. Yep. Honestly, you don't reckon? No, Neymar? I don't think so. I don't think he's at that. No, he, I mean, remember how Ronaldo? I mean, Ronaldo's top three, yep. top five all time. You know, not Cristiano, the other one. Yes, um, I, what, the real one they call it. The real one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his first name is. The real he one. He doesn't need another one. Yeah, he doesn't need one. No. the one with the great haircut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and teeth. Yeah, and and Ronaldinho as well. Ronaldinho yes. had the, the greatest skills in the world. I, mean, I remember as a kid, everyone wanted to be Ronaldinho. So, I I think that um. Look, Neymar is good enough to win a World Cup with the people that he has around him. Um, but I think that, like Beef said, there's always something. There is always something. And Neymar, I don't think, has has the leadership qualities Ooh. to pull them through. Hey, you're changing your tune now, aren't oh, you? Know? You're just getting a little bit apprehensive now. You're starting to think, oh, Beaver's got me going here. Maybe it's just not meant to be again. Uh, yeah, you're right, actually. I've kind of convinced myself out of it. I'll just give you the $10 now to Belgium, mate, Izzy. Izzy, you'd enjoy, you'd enjoy this, Izzy, uh, just while we're yeah. talking about the Renatos, Ronaldinho's. Uh, 
myself and Cax and a few others got in the booze one night of Rondinho. Did you? In Milan, yeah. The hell is that? Is yeah. that when you went over for that All Black shoot? Yeah, yeah. He can yes. he can't speak a word of English, but um, it was good fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was still good fun. <laughs> Lovely guy. I could really we had a real good connection. But uh, so just, was it just talking with the eyes, kind of <laughs> like? <laughs> well, it was, at the, it, was at, it was at the end of season, uh, so you can imagine, uh, you know, uh, whatever. What do, what do Brazilians speak? Spanish. Portuguese. 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 Uh, my, my Portuguese by about midnight was actually not too bad, is he? Um, so, there's <laughs> some good, there's some good connections. I remember that. I remember seeing that photo and seeing the uh, the promotional work, and that's probably one of the great things. Uh, seeing All Blacks now with John Terry this year at Chelsea, and they went along to Chelsea's training, and very, very lucky when you're playing for that team, you get to well mix and mingle. Well, some of the big superstars, you absolute hot dog, you are, Beaver. Can't believe it anyway. <laughs> that was our football catch-up over in Qatar with Adam. And uh, having a great having a chat. Knows how I didn't pronounce the second name. Because, oh, yeah, my quite God. A bit, <laughs> bit of a tongue twister. Leventhal. 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 Hopefully I've nailed it. You know, we're going to shoot Adam. off and come back with my wizard. Adam. Cheers, Adam. Come back with my wizard of the week. You're a wizard, Daggy. Ooh. Was that? Was that Hermione? <laughs> was it Hagrid? Hagrid. <laughs> Cheers, Hagrid. Hagrid Joe. Hey, this time for my wizard of the week. But this time I'm going to go wizard of the year, really. This is one of those situations right now. Look, it's hard to go past my good friend, Lydia Ko. It's been a week since she won her latest event, winning the CME $2 million event. She won three times this year. She had a top 14, uh, she had 14 top 10 finishes. She's the current world number two, and she had a, a really, really consistent year. I'm going to write off a few stats uh, about Lyd's beef. Lydia's scoring average this year, 68 Point nine eight. 68 beef. Every time she donned that golf course, she was shooting around 68. 72% gur, green and regulations. So 72% of the time she was hitting the green in regulation. Hit for show, putt for dough, ain't the case for lids. Putting average of 1.72. That is 28 putts per round. Well, we. Rounds under par, 65. 65 rounds under par, ranked number one in the world. Round uh, Rounds in the 60s, 49, ranked number one in the world. Prize money, 14.36, uh, 4.364 million US. And also a stat that I seen while watching her round last time, 78 bogey-free rounds. About I think it was about 15 more. Than the last competitor, 78 bogey-free rounds. Now, I know this has been thrown around a lot, but that's a fair question. Our question of the day, if the Halbergs were announced the Supreme Award winner, for me, it would have to go to Lydia Ko. She has had a phenomenal year and very, very consistent beef. I'm with you. I really think I'm with you on this one, is it? I know I should probably be Mm. controversial here and take a different seat with you. But no, oh, for me, it's the stage. 
that she that she's competing on. Like I know we're watching the the World Games, World Cup at the moment, uh, and and football. But as far as individual sport and people out there trying to have a crack at it, golf, geez, it, I think it probably sits on another level again as far as yeah. how competitive it is to get to where she has got to. I mean, you talk of you know top amateurs who then talk about what it's like to try and make pro and then obviously make pro and, and then there's all sorts of levels of making pro, isn't there? Is. And uh, what she has done, she sits at the top of the golfing world, quite phenomenal. 25 years of age there, Beav, and she's done so much already and she's still so young. And she's been through so many changes in her life. She's just left her uh, her, her swing coach, Sean Foley. Um, she's on a lookout. She's going to get married in about three weeks' time. So life's changing for Lydia, but she's still been so consistent. And from where she's been to come back to now... Just speaks volume of her mental aptitude at the moment. She is huge. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back and we'll get some football highlights from Joe and we'll get some more reaction to Lydia Ko because I think she is a name that needs to be spoken about more. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, yes, yes. I can see you eyeing me, Izzy. You're not wrong. It's Christmas music time. You a Christmas music guy, Beef? Like, I know my wife is at home screaming, no, 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 he's not. But I've, I've actually got a bit of Christmas about me. Yeah, yeah. you do. You seem yeah. like a jolly character. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You seem like you'd be fun at the Christmas dinner. Oh, man. I'm yeah, you're the life of the party. Well, uh, yeah, in my younger, in my early 20s, I probably wasn't because I was still in awful condition from Christmas Eve. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm starting to appreciate it again, uh, especially with children. Yeah, you got you got a big like extended family. Do you? Uh, yeah, we always get together usually with one side of our cousins and that. Uh, not huge, huge, but uh, yeah, it's it gets social. Now, yeah. are you good at gift giving? I was real good, and now the wife just takes fully over because I used to I used to love the drama of the Christmas Eve dash. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes. I like the hype, like the hoopla, <laughs> um, being a part of it. But now the missus wants to get organised, well, and that, that cuts me out. <laughs> That's a great Your tree will be up mid November, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it's been up for a few weeks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, same. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. <ya>. Same, boys. Um, <laughs> that actually is a great throw to my choice of throwing pole. My question is because, boys, we're just a month out of Christmas. How far out from Christmas do you actually start buying gifts? A month? A couple of weeks? The week of? Or Christmas Eve? I know B's answer, or, or, obviously. What, what about you, Izzy? Uh. <sighs> Week off, probably. <laughs> 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 Mate, I don't buy presents. Let's be honest. I buy zero presents. I've got one present I'm going to buy. Well, this is a situation, Beef, and mm. I'd love to throw this question to you. Please. A- and Joey and, and Neeps. Look, look, Daisy's birthday is a big day in the calendar year, but it falls on the 14th of December. Yes. And that is only nine days, 11 days out from Christmas. So here's my kind of line of thought should she get two or should it be combined 
because it's that close. We're inside two weeks. I feel like it should be combined, but she says opposite. What is what your thoughts? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Bobby Trey here. Firstly, full disclosure is uh, I'm also uh, a December baby, um, so I would be heartbroken if you didn't get both. However, however, I'm in a similar situation. Uh, the missus' eyes sometimes get greedy, and she sometimes says, oh, just combine them. It can be my birthday and my Christmas present if you get me, you know, the, the bigger, the, the bigger, more pricey <laughs> present. But then, but then Christmas Day comes, and oh, yeah. still, you're not going to give me anything, anything? And I was like, well, yeah. you know, I could give you a card, um, but I don't know... <laughs> I've I've gone pretty big on the combined present here that you got a few few weeks ago here, darling. Mm-hmm. You see, see that's that's where we get trapped. Yes, that's where yes. we we get trapped there because we do the 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 big shebang, but they still want to unwrap something on Christmas Day. And I love the card suggestion <laughs> there. And, and if you just sli- how about you just slip slip a little twenty in it, and yes. then that, that'll do it. There you go. That's nothing better when you go to grandma's and you open that card and it's got a 20 or a 40 in it. You're like, happy day. So maybe we just do something like that. Yeah, maybe a little question. What do you think? Double eight, double three. Combined present? Or should we get two? They are important. Without them, we'll be no one. We'll be nothing. Absolutely, is And I know they're actually listening to family this morning because, um, you know, it's a different hour to you. So absolutely, they are important, as and. Uh, don't worry, I will be off to the shops probably straight after this show to get organised for it. All right, Alex. There you go. You've heard it. You've heard it from the man himself. You are going to get treated this year. You are going to get treated. And just and, and on that as well, Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you, yep. Some of the you're movie man, Beef. Oh, I am, but again, it's getting well, like the Christmas tree up weeks ago. It's now yeah. a daily thing on Netflix uh, mm. that there's a Christmas movie going down. Yeah, same, mate. And it's usually the kids and Daisy watching these Christmas movies. I'm mm. not for it. When it gets to December, we're only a few days out, then I might start leaning towards that. But, yeah. Favourite Christmas movie? Home I've, Alone. I was going to say, are we happy no! to classify Home Alone as a Christmas movie? Because I'm all in it's on that. Christmas movie. Absolutely. Battle, it's Christmas Battle Die Hard was always a good one too. That was a real good Christmas movie. Bruce Willis. Okay, eh? <laughs> is, that a, is that a Christmas? Nah. It, was, it was on Christmas Eve, is wasn't it? he? He was trying to get home for Christmas. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> look, it's the biggest band in the world. I, I, it's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Uh, okay. yeah. There's that's an a, argument. There's an argument to be made. Well, even though, that, what's that, that song? Obviously, Mariah Carey. What's that? Do you know the movie that's on Joey? Um, it's, oh, one that, that one you, that, that song you're just playing. I don't want. Oh, of course. Um, oh, uh, the the rom com. Uh, gosh, I love actually. Love actually. Love actually. Love yes. actually. Beautiful. Love actually. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, and there's some good Christmas movies out there. But Home Alone will have to be the favourite. Double yes. eight, double three. Let us know your movies that you'd love around Christmas time. Home Alone is has to be at the top. Well, Beaver, he's watching whatever Alex and the kids are watching because he has no choice a bit like myself here. Um, we're going to shoot off. We're going to come back and we're going to talk some cricket because there's a big match taking yes. place down here in Otatahi Christchurch on Wednesday. And Beef chasing down 300-odd oh. 
Very, very surprising. I did not pick that. I thought, oh my lord, we're going to get absolutely pumped here. But Tom Latham, Kane Williamson come out and just, well, put on a clinic. Eden Park on a Friday night. Looked like a great crowd there too. Would have been a hell of a place to be, but yeah, chasing 300 always. <laughs> yeah, you've always got to be pretty happy to pull that off. Is she's no uh, no mean feat. Yeah, no mean feet. And obviously last night rained off, washed out there in Hamilton. No surprises. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back with Mitchell McLennigan and we'll talk about the third ODI taking place and obviously reaction to that first ODI. Uh, we're going to shoot off. Back soon. Yeah, welcome back. You hear that, Bees? Is he back? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to clear the, the phlegm and the vomit out of my throat <laughs> after hearing that little intro from... A former interview of yours. Um, glad I wasn't here that day. Jesus. I don't like that reaction out of you, mate. Looking through the cameras and you're just doing a little vomit through the through the camera right there, mate. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, we're going to talk some cricket right now. On Friday night, Tom Latham and Kane Williamson put together a historic partnership to propel the Black Caps to a win at Eden Park. It was a gutsy batting display that some may say saved us from what could have been otherwise been a humbling defeat to India at home. Our mate Mitchell... Metaverse McLennigan caught some of the action and is with us this morning to give us his thoughts on the game. Morning, Mitch. How you doing, brother? Yeah, bloody good, mate. How are you, boys? Good, yeah, mate. Good. Good, good. Thank you. Obviously, yesterday we didn't get any cricket uh, up there in Hamilton. It was all washed out. So, uh, three, the third ODI down here in North Day, Christchurch, just going to be paving way for an absolute doozy. But how good was it seeing them at Eden Park? I was a little bit worried after that first innings when they shook, they put on 300 on the scoreboard. I thought, oh, they're under a lot of pressure here. Was that surprising how they chased it down with ease? Uh, yeah, I, it was, to be honest. Um, I, I thought, obviously, Tom Latham was absolutely outstanding. Um, he's had good form domestically this season, and... Um, he showed his experience, and I think that was one of the um, one of the things that, as a cricket fan, we, we were wondering who was going to take over that number four slot. Well, I, he came in at five, but who was going to be that person who was going to bat like Ross Taylor did with with Kane Williamson and those great partnerships we've watched over the years that have bailed us out uh, after losing early wickets sometimes. So I think it was awesome to see how they both batted together, and it gives me. A lot of confidence, I guess, going into the, uh, leading into that World Cup next year. Yeah, Mitchell, I guess at 3 for 88, it, uh, as Izzy says, he was a bit nervous about how this could end up. But outside of those boys, it really is that guts of that batting lineup. Is that 3, 4, and 5 now, I guess, with, with Daryl Mitchell's last 12 months, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, I'm still unsure of, of Daryl Mitchell at 4. Um, look, I, I think mm-hmm. he. He could definitely be that if you're not going to have Jimmy Neesham on that side. I know he was injured, but he could definitely be your your fifth or sixth bowling option, um, and bat a little bit lower, potentially six. Mm. Um, but I, I guess the question for me is, um, with all the talk leading into that game, with uh, with Finn Allen, everyone's Martin Guptill obviously mm. departing, everyone talking about Finn Allen. Um, the way Finn Allen came out and batted, it looked like he'd been told to bat like Martin Guptill. <laughs> <laughs> I found I found absolutely astonishing. So either the coach has got in his head and said, mate, this is what we need for you. We need a Martin Guptill. <laughs> or he's in his own head. So I was a little bit unsure because that's, I, I played a lot of a lot of cricket with and, and against Finn. And, and that's not what got him to the international level. That's not the X factor mm. that um, we expect to see from him and that, and you know, die by the sword type Finn Allen and, and take the game away. So 
I, I was really looking forward to, to watching how Fit approached the game last night. Um, but I guess we'll see how he approaches it. Is he going to be Finn Allen or Martin Guptill down across you? <laughs> Well, it's, 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 it makes for an interesting case, eh, Amish? Because all the talk has been about, you know, Finn Allen and Martin Guptill, and everyone's saying, you know, Martin Guptill's hard done way. So it'll be hard for him. Like, there was going to be so much pressure on him. I can understand what he was trying to do when when you're trying to be yourself, but you've got the whole nation coming at you for not even your own fault, just because you're a very talented cricketer. So I hope he goes out there and starts believing in himself and... and and started playing the Finn Allen way. Just on that, Finn Allen and Devin Conway, are they, are they far away from forming a formidable partnership at the top? Yeah, look, I, I personally always thought Devin Conway was going to drop into that number four spot. Um, I, I honestly thought thought he was going to bat four, Kane obviously three, yeah, and then Tom Latham at five, which gives you that really nice core in the middle there. And you can, you can afford to play Finn Allen at the top um, uh, Dasher to get away to to a good start. If um, you know, if you've got that solid three, four, and five, Daryl Mitchell at six and Glenn, Glenn Phillips down at seven uh, would have been a good option. Or in one day cricket, Glenn Phillips is a very good opener as well. So they do have options. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably what I thought was going to happen. But I guess that partnership between Phil Allen and Devin Conway at Wellington is what's in the selectors' mind there. Mitch, obviously the bowlers you're area of expertise I guess when you're bowling Eden Park like probably a few other grounds in the world you'd probably, if you got offered an economy <laughs> rate of 6 at the start of the day you'd probably take it do you? Or did any of the boys uh, surprise you or you, you're pretty happy with the bowling unit as far as what they dished up? Yeah well historically Eden Park for whatever reason generally it's the first game of the tour and uh, and Batters, opposition batters, just eye up that short, short uh, boundary, and seems the scores at Eden Park are relatively low. I think that's probably the second highest score, score at Eden excited. Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they get too excited. They try head off a length and just snap out. So, <laughs> but but once uh, people into the tour and played there a few times, um, I think you saw saw how India went about it. They were pretty measured and, and played a lot, generally normal cricket games. So. Uh, I must say I was a little bit nervous at half time, but the positive thing for New Zealand was that um, they had two two guys on debut, um, mm. Ashdeep Singh and, and uh, Malik as well. So uh, they were always going to struggle on Eden Park. They they went defensive quite early um, and didn't use any cross seam deliveries from an Indian point of view. You watch Lockie Ferguson when he bowls at Eden Park, he uses a lot of cross seam to get a little bit of variation out of the wicket, but. From our, our point of view, I there is one question mark for me, and it's I, I generally, uh, as you'll know, being a, being a fast swing bowler, I haven't seen you bowl beef, but uh, generally there's a crosswind across the ground. Beaver's laughing at me. <laughs> you're not, not going to bring up his 140 against Brett Lee in the naked nets, are you, Mitch? <laughs> well, that's, what, that's all I heard at uh, Burke down, down in the bay. That's, that's all I heard here, so. <laughs> anyway, oh. I guess, I guess, I guess, Carry on. All right, Izzy, maybe I won't get you the time in there, mate. Um, <laughs> I guess the question for me is that you generally have a crosswind um, and it favours an outswing bowler and an inswing bowler from either end. And and I, I'm i not sold on, on Matt Henry and Tim Southey opening the bowling together. Um, we thought, you know, Matt Henry's great asset is, is swinging the ball away. Yes, he can seam the ball in which he's tried to do in these last two games. 
but it's not it's not his forte. I've always seen Southie and, and Henry being um, one of them plays um, because yep. of their skill set. Southie's got more skill to be able to bowl at the end and in the middle a little bit more. Where Henry's an out and out opening bowler, probably in the in the shades of um, Kyle Mills used to be. So I think there's a spot for one of them, and I would love mm-hmm. to see um, I would love to see Lockie Ferguson. Get a crack with the new ball. One day cricket's a little bit different, right? Lockie Ferguson, if anyone's watched the best of cricket, knows how much swing he gets in with a new ball, and he's very, very dangerous. Yes, coming up, we're going to talk to D-Mac. Great to talk to Mitch McLennigan regarding the cricket as well. Plenty to play for on Wednesday. But D-Mac, wow, he's got a big summer ahead. He'll be celebrating the one-year anniversary of Grins at the bank. <laughs> Laughing straight to the bank. Ha, 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 ha. Got a couple of messages here. Make sure, Beeve, it's a Christmas card you give her and not the credit card. My wife, Boxing Day birthday. So I'm feeling your pain. Jeff from Roxburgh. Jeff knows. He knows your pain all so well. And another one here. Uh, Smack 20 worth of scratches in the card for Xmas Day. You win twice. You get something to do and may win heaps from Marky. How good. DMAC coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Cyber Monday sale today only for free shipping on orders over $1. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Beaver for Brecky on SCNZ. Kempi's going to be with Kirsty for the next couple of days on the drive show. So Beaver's taking his seat for the next couple of days. Well, Beaver shoots off to Dubai to relive his younger days playing <laughs> sevens. <laughs> Do you know I've only ever played hey? one sevens tournament, is he? It was when I was about 17 or 18, the county's club sevens. That was, that was as good as it ever got for me in my career. Have you done it? You you know all the patterns and you know all the kind of the way of going about it, or is it just throw the ball around and no pattern, just play? Is it? Uh, It would be that. I I want a thread with them, and they're talking about training. So, um, oh yeah, serious. Yeah, a little bit serious than I thought. Are you on the same page? uh, Well, my mate (laughs) who is getting me over, um, I know he hasn't done any training whatsoever for the last five years. So um, I don't know what. I'm just hoping he'll be alive um, after a sevens game. To be fair, my big mate Dell, but uh, we'll see how we go. Rolling subs? Oh, you would hope so. <laughs> they're, they're, I talked to a few people who have been to this, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's a bit of a laugh um, and catch up with my mate, do the corporate work, blah, blah, blah. 
And then I talked to a few people and they said, yeah, I wouldn't have agreed to play on that because I've actually seen full-on fights at it. Uh, some people take yeah. it awfully seriously. I don't know if you would have seen the Hong Kong 10s, which I have seen, and that actually, it's at, apparently it's at that level of intensity. So it's actually, you guys having a bit of a laugh and fun with it, and then you've got some guys who are on the edge of sort of cracking it playing this tournament. So, mm. Yeah. I'm yeah, I played Hong Kong Tens. <laughs> I played the Hong Kong Tens a hell of a time leading up to it and a hell of a time post it. Yes. So there is that social aspect. But you did right, mate. They take it hell of serious. <laughs> hell serious over there. And I remember playing it. And I was actually playing for NZ7s that year, but I got dropped for the one and only event I wanted to play in, and that was Hong Kong. So I went and played Tens, but it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Had a hell of a time. I remember they won it that year in New Zealand. Uh, Sevens won it, and then Titch is walking past, and I'm in the stands trying to act sober. <laughs> hey, Titch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm sober, mate, but absolutely been on the rinse for about three days. It was a hell of a time. You're going to have good fun, mate. You're going to have good fun. Well, why not? Let's talk to one of your other sidekicks, all right? Let's talk to the one and only D-Mac. And I've got a question for Damien. I've just got a wee question for you, Damo. Damo, first to leave on Friday night, and was the only one not to show up for the 10am pack-up at the venue the following day after Grin's one-year party. Talk to me, Damien. What happened? Morning, lads. <laughs> I'll pick me up either. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, look, lads, just jet lag. Um, come back from London during the week, so. You know, Dark home, great night, though, actually. Well, I'm from Beaver. Um, good, good cut he ran. So it was a fun night. And there wasn't much to clean up, to be honest. So I thought I'll, I'll just uh, had a bit of admin to run, but um, B's good. It's awesome. So, what admin did you have to run? Uh, I actually did get a new phone. In all, in all honesty, oh. my blower was broken, so <laughs> had, had to sort that out. So yeah, I O B one hits while I'm um, talking to you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, well, we really do appreciate it, Damo. Um, first of all, uh, you've obviously been up since six listening to Izzy and B for breakfast. How do you think it's going, the combination? Oh, it's fantastic. I um, you know, was very happy to hear when you were coming on board with Izzy. I thought you might struggle with the early morning. But, um, yeah, I always tune into you boys and have a good listen. Early bird gets the they always say. And, um, so been up in Sparrows while I listen to you lads talk of the dribble. Oh, D-Mac, mate, it's great to hear your voice. And uh, let, let's talk about how was your time up in the UK? We had Mike Brown on last week, mate, and he couldn't have spoke highly of you enough, mate. You, you obviously planted a good picture with uh, Mike Brown up there. How was your time in the UK with the Barbars, obviously the All Blacks 15, mate? You enjoyed it? Yeah, Brown, he was an absolute lad. Um, it, was, it was good fun, obviously. <clears throat> up there, he played, played with the AB 15 against Ireland, which was which was unreal, and then we, we shifted over to London and played against a pretty tough barbarian side, actually, and caught up with a few mm. um, old mates, TKB, um, Charlie Nartai, George Bridge, a <laughs> lads as well, and um, there was a bit of a tougher game. Maybe the bright lights of London got, got, got us a bit there, but it was fun. <laughs> um, it was a great week away. Um, and then obviously moved on to the Barbars, which is a team of, always wanted to, to play for and that was a, a really fun week probably the more enjoyable weeks I've had in my rugby career but also probably the poorest preparation I've ever had as well <laughs> um, it was a, but it was a whole lot of fun 
Yeah, if someone should have warned the Babas that uh, you actually struggle after that sort of preparation. Um, just, just back to the serious stuff with the New Zealand 15, obviously, new concept. You obviously being one of the more experienced boys, you think it was uh, worthwhile, though? A lot of the young guys getting a crack? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was um, obviously the first time they've run it, and um, probably seeing guys in that team, or they're looking to obviously jump up to the next team in the, in the near future, so... Yeah, it was great. All the young lads. Uh, I wasn't the oldest, but was getting out there. I think we'd be top that right team. But um, no, it was, a, it was a great group of lads. A good, good coaching staff as well. And um, that island game was really good. And then the next week against the Barbars, obviously, when you're playing a barbarian side, they don't have much to lose, um, and they had a pretty strong side. So, but yeah, it was, it was a great concept. We had a lot of Sun Warrior away, and um, good group of lads, and you know, I managed to win the one, which was good. And, in the Barbas one was was good fun anyway. Playing against that team is pretty special, um, regardless of the result. Mate, oh, tell us about the Barbas. Being a part of pretty elusive club, <clears throat> exclusive club, I must say. Um, you know, you get the opportunity now to go to Eden Park where, where Beaver can go. You can go to the Barbas Lounge there. So you're a part of that big uh, uh, group that's been a part. But what was it like? Did you did, was it was it what they people talk about? You know, so much fun. You know, you're out there enjoying the time. And I can, well, I can explain because I've seen you on a hangover. You're no good. So, like, <laughs> talk us through being a part of that exclusive club. Um, yeah, it was it lived up to its expectation, I'll tell you that. Um, rolled in the first day and obviously went out for dinner and the boys were pretty fizzed up and so yeah, we had a night out on Monday, walked through Tuesday, like literally just Mickey Mouse out so you just turn up. You know, here's a few moves, run through these, um, played a bit of half against Dutch, which Razical's touch. Um, so did a bit of that. Um, and then literally went back, recovered for the afternoon, and then went out for dinner again and into the same thing. Um, so, so come Thursday night to play the Harlequins team, she was tough mentally to get up. Um, but we started well. We were up 28, 25 at half time, and then I think it ended up being 72, 28. So the boys fell off the cliff a little bit. Um, and then eventually went out and celebrated afterwards, um, as you do. Um, and then the next day, we obviously moved up to Bath, and we had about four new guys come in. And obviously, when you come into the barbers, the expectations are, you know, we have a few good nights. And honestly, the boys gave them nothing. They <laughs> <laughs> literally run their race. So um, the next time, we had a couple of beers on Sunday night. and But yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was honestly just <clears throat> a real good time, I guess. You know, and, and when you're playing back home and stuff, you're always pretty serious. But there, it's just there's no expectations. You go and have fun, play with it. Group of lads, a lot of them had to play for a while. So they played for Worcester and and uh, the Wasps, who yeah, unfortunately no. have gone under. Um, so that was pretty brutal for those lads. They were just keen as to get out and play some footy, and then to win that last game against Bath. They were, I've never seen a group of lads so happy. Um, the, the sheds after the game, the boys were going mad. So it was a great experience, <laughs> and was loved, loved loved every minute of it. Over, obviously, I was pretty pretty keen to get home afterwards. She was a big old boy. You've probably now got as many wins as I got in the year and a half at the uh, Bath home ground, actually, Damon, so congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember you were best nifty of life up there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope, <laughs> I, I hope you didn't mention my name when you are up there. I think there's, some, there's an owner there still trying to hunt me down for some money off me, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 
<laughs> oh no, there was, a, there was a wee little ghost I saw <laughs> floating through town. Like you actually. What I was going to say, Damo, is obviously your year started in Tokyo. Uh, then you played a full NPC. Now you've been on this tour. You've played. You've ended up probably playing a truckload of footy, even though you uh, had a what you'd, some would call a little sabbatical or a little break in your contract up in Japan. What is uh, what does it look like now for you uh, off season? Obviously, you've spent a good few days in the Grins factory packing boxes, but you're going to get a good little break. <laughs> Away now, are you, mate? Well, it depends how much time you give me off, but um, <laughs> I'll give you a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I got to just put, put the feet up for a bit, and I've got a bit of a golf trip this week, which I'm pretty excited about. Ooh, um, getting offshore, which will be fun. Um, and then, yeah, Hawaii is it? Down. Nah, not quite. Um, over to Sydney. So, um, oh, that's right, that's right, Sydney. So yeah, look, look forward to that, and then yeah, I'll pretty much just hit. Head south, catch up with family, and just have a nice break and enjoy the summer. It's my first summer I've had in a while, so I'm looking forward to a bit of nice weather. The Tron's not offering that at the moment, but uh, yeah, looking forward to a nice break and catching up with some family and friends. Yeah, mate, you thoroughly deserve it, mate. How, quickly, how's the golf game? Yeah, swinging well? <laughs> it's my first hit yesterday in a while, and I raised the bat. I was the first to raise the bat <laughs> yesterday before the place was in Park. Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't flat. I did. It was my first hit in the wall, so... Wish I was there. Uh, Jeez, that would have been nice. My handicap is not <laughs> reflecting where I should be at, so I'll be off to the range today at some stage. Um, back nine was a little bit better, um, but there'll be, yeah, hopefully um, a couple of quiet ones will loosen me up a little bit too, so... Um, it does need okay. work on, though. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. All right. All right, just quickly, I want to I'll ask you a question that many would love to know. Is there a Mrs. McKenzie? There's not a Mrs. McKenzie, Mr. Big. <laughs> no, there's no Mrs. McKenzie, mate. Okay, okay. You're living the single life. I absolutely love it, mate. Yeah, well done. Awesome. A man like you staying single for so long, it's, it's hard to fathom. Anyway. Or we're going to move on and we'll let you go, mate. Just quickly before we let you go, next year, what do you want to achieve, mate? What is, is, is DMAC going to be working towards over summer? Enjoy your time off, get away from rugby, but next year you're going to rip in with the Chiefs and, and obviously a big year with the World Cup later in the year? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously have a nice break and then the big year next year and obviously missed out last time with the World Cup due to injuries, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, try and have a good season with the Chiefs. Obviously, we've got a pretty good outfit there next year. And, um, so, rip into that. And, you know, obviously, the ultimate goal would be to make the World Cup squad. Um, so, a little bit of water to go under the bridge first, Danny, but um, that's the ultimate yeah. goal. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun year. I'm uh, looking forward to being back in New Zealand and, and playing some Super Rugby. So, um, yeah, can't wait, mate. Yeah, beautiful, D-Mac. You're an absolute champ, mate. I thought you went oh, extremely well over in the UK. You thoroughly deserve your break. You'll come back, rip it up for the Chiefs, and injury-free, I'm predicting you to be there later in the year, mate. Appreciate your time. Have a good summer. Thanks, Liam. And hopefully Mrs Appreciate McKenzie it. gives you a <laughs> present come Christmas today. Thanks, boys. You have a good morning, eh? Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. So what? It's, it's always one of those big questions about DMAC. Like, he's pretty. He doesn't really let much go, eh? Let, let much out, information-wise. No, that was probably his um, 
Gigi are a good interviewer because that's as, I guess, as open <laughs> book as that young fella's usually been. Oh, we've had him on the uh, run home, and geez, we, have, we haven't been able to crack him like you have, Fizzy. That was fantastic interviewing. I can see why you are being talked about as the next Hoskins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a gift. Oh, mate, don't start me. I'm giving you, I'm giving you air so you can talk and, and speak. That's all part and parcel of being a journal, a broadcaster. Uh, yeah, I, I realise the concept. Um, no, he's um, no, he's. I think he's just maturing with time. There is he, as far as uh, you know, getting more and more comfortable in the in the public and the media. And uh, you know, I think you know on the serious stuff of him, I think he is. He's got to be a massive part of next year. Um, there's no, I think so. there's no doubt for me. He goes to a World Cup, but even I think on in a game day 23, I think his little bit of X factor. Well, not he's got more than a little bit of X factor. He's got a lot of X factor, but he needs to be a part of it for me. I look, yeah. I look at the, and I don't know what we've, I don't know if this is even on script here, but I look at the All Blacks attack at the moment, is he? And it's very much just built around bashing the house down. You know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yes, the, the only creativity I saw on that end of your tour, and this isn't a pop at them, was their kicking game. Their kicking game created creativity. Apart from that, that was it. yeah. Apart from that, we were bashing the house down, and it was mm. very much a battle of will and a battle of manpower, really. And and teams that were able to match that for long periods made those games, you know, a bit of a scrap. But. I, I just think someone like him, but I mean, in saying that, I mean, you've got guys with that sort of X factor, but at the moment we're looking at like a midfield crash and we're coming around the corner and then we're just going to bash <laughs> yep. you down. And I just I just love what a Damien McKenzie brings. I mean, it's the same that a, a Bodie Barrett brings, just different, a Richie Moanga, but just different. So I just think on a game day 23, his little bit of magic, if, the, if how they're going to play this interview tour is, is the is what they're going to produce next year for World Cup. I think in the back end of these games where we've seen, you know, we saw the Wales-Aussie game, we saw the England-New Zealand game, that's where we're getting one, aren't they? These big test matches at the moment in that last 10 or 15 minutes. So Yeah, yeah f- totally. Mm. Yeah, totally, mate. Like, I understand where you're going there with Dima. He's an impact player and he brings so much excitement and, and the pressure fresh air off that bench. And, and on the attack, yeah, it is... Pretty one-sided, like there's there's no real innovation. We play a lot off nine, and then we play you know a reasonable amount off ten, and we we just hit those pods and go out the back. So I'd love to see some innovation there. And you're a really you know astute mind with the innovation around that style of play. So for some innovation, what what are some of some involvements that potentially you'd love to see the All Blacks do? What are some like they play you know a lot off the pod system? Yeah. Get rid of the pods as a whole, or do well, I think you I, I think fix you, it up. Well, I, I think you can definitely have a. I think first of all, I'd I'd want them to have more of a crack on first phase. Gee, yeah, I, I feel that first phase stuff at the moment's very special play, special play off line outs, off line outs, scrums, line out OT ball. And if you're going to have a line out of Whitelock, Retallick, and um, Barrett, then you're going to win your line out, and you can dictate where you win it from. So have some cracks there, you know, just off the first phase, and then. But how do you get it off? A Ford pack that's been coached by Jace Ryan to ball and ball and ball. You know how hard it is to get it off then when they're hungry for a maul. Yeah, you, you've got to have a, you've got to have the balance. We can't we can't maul everywhere. And the fact the fact is that you're mauling well then opens up stuff, doesn't it? Yes, it opens brings up. Them in. It opens up. It brings them in. They have to the they have to defend tight the Fords. They can't be looking to get breakaways off off the back of the lineouts, and therefore you can do some 
quick dummy set malls and you pull pull out and then you can get those guys striking. But from what I saw on the end of your tour, I just would love to see a bit more of that. And then I think as you can you can have you can get away from, like I know the pods and all that sort of stuff. Great to fall back into when it's not really working for you. It's yeah, great to have a yeah. fallback as a nine and ten. We've got my structure, got my structure. But I really think there's there's scope to have more of a lack at times just in general I mean it's almost going back to the old days of sequencing you know we're like right let's have a lick here doesn't work there right we're going to sit and go, and go again in those first two or three phases having a real crack instead of just at the moment rolling around the corner waiting for a Scott Barrett to take that first carry off that midfield rack or, or what have you you know I just I you look at Ireland you mm. look at Ireland's uh, back attack. You know how Johnny Sexton will hit that second defend, uh, second attacker, then he'll yes. roll around the back. That third attacker goes short, and then he's out the back. Like that's some variation yes. on attack when when their structure is not getting them any any gains. Just give it to the backs to have a wee look, like like you say, and well, and, and have a wee crack. The Irish one's the fascinating one because I mean, and I know we're diving into a bit of technical stuff here, but. Like seeing Johnny Sexton run a little circle ball, which is where he has a little forward inside him, yeah. and then he pops up out on his outside shoulder, and, and him going through holes, which is just, it's outside of the norm these days where teams have three guys set off nine and then three guys off ten, just having that little bit of, that little bit of mix. And, and the funny thing is, funny thing is about that is, is obviously they've got, everyone's got these threes and threes parked up in pods, but that's where you actually yeah. practice defending too. So when, you, when suddenly yeah. you're actually very good defending it because you're always, Going against each other in training, where suddenly if you've got something different, jeepers, it's um, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the defense doesn't know what what's coming at them. Well, you saw that opportunity where Marcus Smith broke through the All Blacks, yes. you have Retallick and you have Neeps. So that's a different picture that they had to defend against and they got exposed. So I love where you're going with that beef. And also defence. I think defence is quite poor with the ABs at the moment. There's so much uncertainty, people coming up, people our edge defence. We're in we're in a bit of no man's land at the moment. So we'll come back and we'll react to more of that chat beef because I'm absolutely loving it. We're gonna shoot off, we'll come back with Paulie Moati and get a wee update of where the T A B are at back soon. Yes, it's time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. We've got Paulie Moate. Morning, Paul. Yes, morning, boys. Well, yeah, you, you and me. <laughs> Who would have thought, Paulie? Who would have thought? I heard he didn't get out of bed until oh. 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep hearing, uh, Paulie. I'm waiting for you to sing. I hear you, I hear you sing for a breakfast show. Can you sing for me? Oh, you're here for one day and already you're making demand. Hey, hey, he's here for two days, so how about you do your, your, your serenade me and beef tomorrow, eh? What do you reckon? Should we talk about it's some been punting? A while, I think it's, a, it's, it's been a while, Paulie. It's been a while, Okay, before, before the punting, promise me yeah. you'll bring us on tomorrow. Okay, what about the punting? What have we got? <laughs> Well, it's all about the Football World Cup, but there's a few other things going on at the moment. We've got the uh, Players' Championship Finals, the darts, with Johnny Clayton up against Rob Cross. That's uh, just started only a few minutes ago. We had a $2,000 bet just before the off on Johnny Clayton to win that at $1.73. Also, plenty of NFL on today as well. Um, What's the game on later on this afternoon? The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Green Bay Packers. We've got a bonus back promotion on that. Uh, but we took a $3,000 bet on the Miami Dolphins to win by 14 or more at $1.54. 
uh, up against the wow. Houston Texans, and they they are looking very very safe at the moment. And of course, right now we're nil. watching. Yeah, yeah, he's that, whoever put that bet on. He, he's sitting pretty uh, pretty well at the moment. And of course, with the uh, Spanish taking on the Germans uh, in the Football World Cup right now, I think about half an hour gone. We took a $10,000 bet on Spain to lead at halftime and Spain to win. That's at three seventy-five. Also taken a $5,000 bet on Spain to win at $2.40. A $5,000 bet to be uh, for the first half to have the most goals at $3.10. And a $5,000 bet on Spain to win the first half at $2.88. So if you're a German fan, those sorts of bets... Uh, aren't going to fill you with a lot of confidence because uh, punters are jumping on the Spanish. Um, and, well, the Germans are desperate, of course, after their loss to Japan in that first uh, round. So there's plenty of action and plenty of support for the Spanish to do the business against the Germans today. Paulie, I'm Beautiful, just, Paulie. I'm just looking out whether I cash out of my draw bit. I mean, uh, I'm a bit worried all of a sudden. <laughs> You really love the draw. I do, I do love a draw. I do love a draw. <laughs> no, this morning you're though. A fence sitter. <laughs> <laughs> just so, it's just nice odds, you know. Just nice odds with the charts. <laughs> oh, oh Anything else, Paulie? Before we let you go, bud. Yeah, don't forget we've got all those promotions on the Football World Cup as well. Just head to the TAB Punters Lounge to check out all the T's and C's. We've got the bonus backs, uh, the same game yes. claims, and of course you've got your football mega multi-busters. So uh, have a little go. And um, if you like Beaver, you might even have a little bit on a draw here or there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there he is. Beautiful. Karaoke Paul tomorrow, 8. <laughs> 24 a.m. live here on Izzy and B for breakfast. Looking forward to chatting tomorrow, Paulie. Thanks so much. Cheers, boys. Go well. Cheers, mate. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, Beef R18. Drunk tank, an old man said to me, I can just see it. Christmas Eve, Beaver and Izzy in a bar, living at PM at night in the early 20s, mid 20s, singing until they get kicked out. How good, boys! And they rush out to buy a Christmas present, eh? Well, boys, you're not the alone. Ma- the amount of times I've been hungover on Christmas Day is oh. crazy. But not anymore. No. It's not about me. It's about the kids. So no more. No more, Dag. No more. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can't do it, boys. I, well, actually, no, you know, I still do it. I get, I get hammered. On, no, sorry, no, I don't get drink responsibly. But of course. I, I have fun. I have fun on Christmas Eve with my friends. And then Christmas is oh. a rough one. Um, choice of Florian Paul time. <laughs> How far out from Christmas do you start buying your gifts? Well, you had the, your vote on the app, and overwhelmingly, it was the week of. <laughs> so <laughs> we can see the demographic that we uh, <laughs> we have here. Mostly men, I'm guessing. Yeah, I feel it. 
Beef, you wouldn't buy presents, would you? Oh, look, I'll be honest. I'd, I'd buy maybe one a present a year. Uh, yeah, I... Obviously, after a few of the texts I've received since we started talking about this earlier on in the um, <laughs> show, I'm having to buy one for my wife anyway this year. Um, and then I, depending on the wife's, thinks that she's she's been very organised the last two Christmases. She's mm. she's got it done early doors. Um, I may do my brother, or she may sort that out too. So that'll be about it. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's. I just don't even, don't even give me. My sister, she she messaged in early. Morita boys, Brad, Phoenix, and Harper are all December birthdays. I'll make sure the kids get something for both. But Brad, <laughs> sorry, Brad, he usually misses out. So the husband <laughs> always misses out. See, someone's got to miss it out. Miss out, you can't do it all. Can't do it all. Great little poll there. Look, it's yeah. I just leave it to to the wife she's she's all over it Eve, and I'm pretty sure same in your household mate yeah. and, uh, as long as we look after the number one and that's our beautiful other halves and uh, we, we can't go wrong but there's some good texts coming through <laughs> some Pete. few texts in there um, yeah you want to read a couple yeah wonderful from you Mark uh, so Beaver's only on this morning to see this alleged quotation marks pack of cards absolutely Mark and I tell you what it's a shock horror surprise to the world especially the fans of the run home there ain't a pack of cards floating around here um, so Steve, it's a computer pack of cards like you oh. push the button on the computer and it oh, shuffles generated. Okay. you generated yeah yeah, so uh, no one that's here. why you haven't seen the pack of cards. <laughs> no one here I quite enjoy. Uh, do you think Izzy could get Jimmy Cowan on SCNZ? So just so you guys know, oh. we've been running this thing. Like I've obviously told people I'm friends with Jimmy. Jimmy knows me. I uh, go back a long way. It's all alleged at the moment because we've been trying for the last however long SCNZ's been going to get him on the show. Uh, it still hasn't got on the show. And uh, What's he saying? Oh, you know, Jim. Hey, Beaver, don't, no, you don't want me on there. And I said, mate, the people of the South text, they demand that you want, they want you on there. And uh, he says, oh, I'll come on one day. Well, that's that's some time ago now. So, Hey, <laughs> should we try for tomorrow? Should we try for him, our feature interview? You <laughs> try, and I'll, I'll try I'll try after this, and we'll try and get Jim. Dogger! <laughs> on, mate. Honestly, oh, I haven't spoke to Jim Boy for a very long time. He's just chipping away. Is he still on the oyster boats? Oyster boat and power diving. He's doing the both. So uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> he's a power. He's a power diver too. I said, you be careful See down there, Jim. Wow, we. Yeah, real turn of events. Hey, a lot of people enjoying the analysis. Is he? Uh, yes. Good to hear some backline assessment. I've seen Smith doing backline innovation in the past. and needs to be reactive. And you would think RTS has some idea of league-like defensive patterns. That's from Neil. That's a great text, Neil. It is a great text. And you touched on it there, Beef. Just just some innovation, some variations there at the moment. Not just a simple Geordie Barrett up the guts. Yeah. You know, just crossfield kick to our wingers, which is great. You need your wingers to be able to see the space and great to see the identifying and kicking it there. But just some variations. When your pod system, your little tip-ons not getting working, even with that double-sided attack, Beef, you know, like when we hit that middle yes. middle of the park and you got double-sided, usually they're going the same way. Yep. When they come back to the short side, maybe just some variation there. With it's most likely people out there uh, wide ruck, so it'll be Lucy, maybe even uh, a hooker or someone like that. It's usually variations of numbers and positions, but you can still do something that is quite, uh, you well, know, quite different. Well, with that double side attack, is we've seen it come unravelled when they don't get momentum in the middle of the park, 
And if you're yeah. just going to do what everyone knows you're going to do to get to the middle of the park and you get bashed there, then going backwards to a middle of the <laughs> middle of the field ruck, you can have whoever you want on either side standing there. They ain't going to be able to do much if the opposition's coming forward to you. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's – well, I just think, yeah, at the moment they've just kind of lost sight of that double-sided attack and uh, something that they could probably go back to. And then Paddy's come through with a quick one before we get off. We're going to talk to Will Greenwood about England's woes at the moment. Jesus, good to hear some technical code chat. <laughs> so much better than the triple most pundit spill. On the edge defence, I think Rico and Caleb have been exposed badly this campaign and they can't be our starters for Rugby World Cup. ALB is the glue in the midfield. ALB, part of team grins, how good. And his defensive work is unparalleled. And I would take Reese and Talia in the wings with Jordan at 15. Whoa. Talia. Shake up. Talia. Yes. Ha- ha- you, like, you, you enjoy seeing Talia there? Oh, I thought he was he was great for those two two outings. Made every post a winner, didn't he? Jeez. Yeah. Like, he always means. He's probably got a little. I've got to be honest with you. I think he ex- showed more effective than he, he's probably has in the past for the Blues, is he? I don't know what your thoughts on the there. I thought he showed a little bit more than what. He's been very good for the Blues, but I, I didn't know if he was all-black winger sort of level as far as, you know, you, ah. you all-black wingers, you guys always got that bit of brilliance <laughs> about you. Well, he showed that in those test matches, I thought. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, for years he was very, very silky, and I thought, man, he's tough to tackle that man, but just to give him an opportunity, and uh, he's taken them. He's made the all-blacks having to think and, uh, you know, just make them think over summer. There's been a few messages. Oh, Cameron from Invercargill, you do that. Hey, <laughs> lads, my good mate dives with Jimmy Cowan. I'll get him to tell him the people want Jimmy on the radio. You do that, Cam. You do that. Because me, Beaver and myself are going to pester him after this show. I'll tell you that right now. We're going to shoot off because we're going to come back with Will Greenmore talking England, uh, losing to the Springboks. <laughs> back soon. Yes, welcome back. Let's talk some rugby union this time to the one and only Will Greenwood, who played ah oh, seventy odd times for England at centre. He's an absolute champion pundit on the airways, giving us analysis on the TVs, and uh, we appreciate him coming on the show. Will Greenwood, morning, brother. How you doing? Morning. I'm just um, walking into my stand watching the Spain Germany. World Cup game, Ooh. so I've left my boys watching that and walked out to the study to talk some serious rugby with you, complete legend. <laughs> it's Beaver and myself, mate. Well, we appreciate it. Let's well, talk it. Let's talk the weekend. What's... Hey? You're probably drinking different stuff to me. I've got a glass of champagne in my hand. I'm suspecting six o'clock in the morning you've got something slightly different. We've just had our wee coffee, but hey, we finished work at nine AM. We're straight to the straight to the gym after yeah. this, mate, trying to work on our rigs. You know retirement life gets the better of you. Mate, talk to us. Weekend, what happened? Uh, I can't believe Australia came back to beat Wales. Is that what you want to talk about? <laughs> 21 oh. points up. It's all over. And the Aussies come back. Those wily, sneaky foxes from across the Tasman managed to dig out another win. They were great, actually. They're, they're boys off the bench. Uh, you see a lot more of them. McRae, Lonergan, these guys came on. And that new guy who is Nwanganai Tawasi. Wow, what yeah. a player. So... Fair play to them. Very. I know we're going to talk about England. Really disappointing for Wales. You can split it into sort of two halves of the Northern Hemisphere. France and Ireland went great. Had a great autumn. Scotland indifferent. And then England and Wales just want to forget November completely forever. Oh. 
What? Oh, mate. mate well, just before we get to the topic you want to talk about as far as England, uh, well, Wales, they've, they, I guess, talk about falling off a cliff. Obviously, Georgia, you could have sort of thought, well, that's just a one-off, blah, blah, blah. But then yeah. Aussie, who haven't been... Oh, you say haven't been travelling that great to come back, turn around that nah. in about fifteen minutes on a puggy. It's one thing to turn around points like that, but on a puggy ground like Cardiff turned into, it seemed like it was slow yeah. motion, and that nobody wanted to yeah. win it. Well, it's I mean you sort of look at one moment, and and Sam Pete Samu, who who made a massive impact mm. off mm. the bench, he picked off an intercept, and he was gone, and Tipperick trips him. Yep. Uh, in the process, Tipperick gets a yellow. They kick to the corner, seven points, 34-25. The whole mood of Cardiff collapses because they're built like a deck of cards, uh, you know, a house of cards <laughs> at the moment. It was like when Tipperick went off, they removed the bottom <laughs> middle card <laughs> and everything just collapsed. And then it was a strange one, really, with Wayne Pivak, who I like a lot. So it's 34-25. And I get the sports science, and you're looking at sports science, you're looking, the guys are dropping off a little bit. But there's just certain people, yes, like McCall. Like McCall at that stage, you'd never take off. Um, no. You look around different countries. And they took off Falatau and Alan Wynne-Jones. Yep. Now, I know, you know, they're old, older boys. But it's 34-25. You're down to 14 men. The Aussies are on the charge. Get rid of sports science. Get rid of GPS systems mm. and just put like keep lads on the field who know how to to churn out a win, to stop the clock, to kill the clock, to stop to take out the flow of the game, to make the right calls, to to, to allow everyone else on the team because they're quite a young team to look around and go, yeah, there's a bit of a wobble, but we're all right. We've still got Toby. We've still got Adam Wynn. You know, we'll be absolutely uh, fine. And so. They took those two guys off, and it just it, it, honestly, it was uh, it was a slow motion train crash um, for them, which was um, a little bit like the week before for you guys. Mm. I know we're going to focus on England being woeful against South Africa, <laughs> but you you completely killed us. You completely killed us for seventy two minutes. And I've got one that I don't know if you guys have picked up on. But the best thing that happened to us last week was Bowden Barrett dropping a goal. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best thing. They, yep. You had a penalty advantage, 25 yards out. You could have kept playing for two minutes. The ref would have gone back to it. You'd probably have scored. Worst case, two minutes later, 73, gives a penalty. Takes 90 seconds to kick it, 75. The best thing that happened to England last week was Bowden Barrett dropping that goal. Legging it back. Oh. Gave us field position. Gave us a chance. We've got Anyway, so we've seen it all autumn. These weird collapses. It seems like referees, once the momentum changes... Just go right. You, you just have, do whatever you want for the next twenty minutes because you're going to win because everyone loves an underdog coming back from behind. And um, anyway, I'm wittering on. Let's talk about England and just how. Yeah, what's what's the feel out there, Will? What's the feel uh, out there with uh, Eddie in, in England at the moment? Just give us a little quick uh, summation. I think the I, look. I first went to Twickenham. Again, it's not about the All Blacks. In 1983, my dad was England coach, and we managed, we, we managed to scrape home. I was 11 years old. We won 15-9. Uh, and I've been going to Twickenham ever since then and love the place. I might have played, but I'm still a fan. I go down to my local rugby club on a Saturday when I can. I love it. And Twickenham, I was going to say Twickenham man, but that's unfair because it's now Twickenham man or woman, Twickenham child, completely turned. And they were people were booing 
you know, you mm. sort of associate that. You think, you know, we, we sit in our, you know, pompous sort of tower going rugby is above all that. And England fans would never boo their own country. That's what the football team do. Um, this would never happen. And I was in a hospitality function after and everyone's just turned. And you know what? We wouldn't mind if we were getting beat, if we were playing. But we played for seven minutes against New Zealand in the in take yeah. the Japan game, Argentina, New Zealand, South Africa. We played for fifteen minutes against Argentina. We played for one minute against South Africa. We played for seven minutes against you. It's like twenty three minutes of rugby we played in two hundred and forty minutes of Test match rugby. The the crowd feel as though they're paying one hundred and fifty eight quid a ticket to go. And a mate of mine who shall remain nameless, but he's a absolute rugby knows he loves England he loves England he left at half time I mean oh, I know that's wow. a straw that's a straw poll of one person but my mate would never leave at half time and he left oh. at half time and that, that's wow. sort of if you want to know where England are right now then then just demoralise I, I put a bit of a something out on Instagram about a sort of post-match summary which stuck in the throat a little bit because it was the most soul-destroying game I've ever I've watched at Twickenham. Yes, welcome back. We've got a few messages on the text machine. We will get to those in the morning because you've got to remember, Beaver will be back for another morning tomorrow. How good. Rick Dog, what do you got today, bud? Oh, plenty, mate, plenty. Uh, we're going to be talking to Maya Lewis, um, who's the former nice. White Ferns captain. I don't know if you saw this, but she's the manager now of ND. Had to come on as a sub-fielder on the weekend and took an absolute screamer of a catch. So she's coming on. We're going to talk to her just after nine because the uh, White Fern squad is announced for that Bangladesh series. Uh, so we'll, we'll go through that with her and uh, talk a bit of ODI action as well, or non-action as the case may be. Yeah. Nice, mate. Big show for you. Thanks to everyone. That's Mr. Shrew, callers, everyone. We're back tomorrow to rip into another big show. Cheers, Beaver! Beaver!